the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, it is a Tuesday. Power panel's here. R.D. is on his way. Jan is on her way. Paul is here right now. And uh, so am I. And uh, it looks like, though we have not been given the exact word on it, that uh, tomorrow will be the last day of the session. It might be. Who knows? That's what I'm hearing. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually make this um, sanctuary city bill get... No, I, I, I think they can. I think, look, here here's the key. The governor came out and met with uh, Stubblefield, Gary Stubblefield, state senator, whose bill this is, and told him he couldn't go along with it as it was written, that he wanted some uh, a change made to it. Not changes, just a change. Um let me again. Earlier in the day, Governor Asa Hutchinson, this is a story written by uh, Jeannie Roberts, said that while he does not support sanctuary cities, he could not support SB 411. As it's written, the governor said he had discussed his concerns with Stubblefield. Quote, while generally supportive, I have requested an amendment that would include the requirement for probable cause before law enforcement can inquire about citizenship or immigration status, Hutchinson said in an email. Without this amendment, there is too much opportunity for racial profiling. Now, my question on this is is real simple. I thought that profiling was against the law in the state of Arkansas for the police to stop you just for profiling. Now, if that is already on the books, why do we need to have an amendment in this bill uh, specifically for the fact that you can't profile. Seems like to me that's already a given. Yeah. The, the, so the, it's kind of interesting to, to require probable cause before asking questions because generally speaking, you don't need probable cause just to simply ask questions. You need probable cause to do things that are intrusive. Yeah, but that, that's neither here nor there, Paul. What I'm saying is that it's against the law... To profile. To profile people. And if it's against the law to profile, why do we have to have this overkill and put an amendment into this law that says that you can't profile? You already can't profile. Uh, we're not going to do know. that. I, just, I talked to State Representative Brent Smith on the way in here. By the way, this is Jan Morgan just calling in here. And he said that they're just going to bulldog through this, mm-hmm. that you're right. It's already a law. You're not supposed to profile anyone, not any American citizens or anybody else. So there's no re- reason to add something like that when it's it's already a law. What do they even mean by profiling? Is it just profiling based on looks or profiling based on actual I don't know, because you know as well as I, mean, I do that this is not a racial issue, and it's not a partisan issue. It's a, it is a public safety issue. And it's a financial issue, because the, the financial burden of the illegal population that's coming in here in mass numbers is, is overwhelming. Now, Stubblefield told the committee yesterday mm-hmm. that he was agreeable to Hutchinson's amendment. Quote, there seems to be a sentiment that because of this bill, somehow we hate people 
from other countries. Nothing could be further from the truth, says Stubblefield. We're all immigrants. You can go back far enough and we'll all show that we're immigrants. We want people to come to this country. We need these people. We also have a process by which people come here legally under our laws. And without those laws, we don't have a country. Okay? And I agree with just everything that Gary Stubblefield just said. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that, you got, it, it, that the governor says, well, generally supportive. That right there should tip you some. Generally supportive. That means that he is not... in in support of this bill, even if they put that amendment in. Well, can I just be honest here? Because if you remember, when I was on the campaign trail, I talked about the governor's position on on sanctuary cities. And and, uh, he is the one who pressured Senator Stubblefield several years ago uh, into not putting that bill out there. Stubblefield wanted this pushed years ago. He did that to Smith, too. He got it. And then he also did it to Smith's bill, which would have prohibited sanctuary college campuses. Right. So, you know, the, the bottom line is, why, why, why doesn't he just be honest with the people about where he stands on this issue? Because, And I'll tell you why. It's because it's not popular with Republicans. And if you looked on my social media pages last night, there was a huge backlash of people who were just irate that we can't pass a, a, a bill that basically is in line with federal immigration law. I agree with that. And by the way, if, if you can't support this bill, how do you support the president on the way he feels about Right. Illegal immigration. Right. That's true. Well, but the reason he supported the president is because he had a campaign to run and he needed an endorsement from the Trump. So that's why we offered Arkansas National Guardsmen to go down to the border and take care of the border and, and all that. But, you know, now that now that that's over with, uh, I think we're going to see some of the true colors. And what's going to be interesting is this this bill, I, I am sure. Now, I was told that it's going to pass committee. And, of course, if it passes committee, it's going to pass the House floor. Oh, yeah. That's what I was told. So then it puts it on the governor's shoulders. So he's either going to have to sign it or not sign it. And Stubblefield told me that he ran this through the AG office, and that the AG's office approved of this bill, that it's on solid legal ground. So there's no reason to not go ahead and go forward with this for the for the public safety and the financial security of our state. Okay, now Paul, is Representative Spencer Hawk the... He's from Conway. Okay, is he the one that took David Meeks' place? Yes. He is? Yes, he is. He is against this piece of legislation. So I, I, I chatted with him a little bit today, or I, I texted him back and forth a little bit today, and I think he's less opposed to it now with the changes. Oh, because um, you brought it to everybody's attention that he was against it? No, no, I didn't. No, I, didn't. I did. On my social oh, media page, I, I, put, I put faces mm-hmm. and, and their phone numbers and their email addresses. These are the people who let you down yesterday. These are the people who either conveniently left the room during the vote or did not show up for the committee meeting or uh, voted president, present. And Spencer Hawks voted present. So... Uh, yeah, I'm sure he got a lot of feedback on that. Yeah, I'm looking over. We're trying to see who it is. You want to come sit with us and ta- chat with us a little bit here, Representative? He's moving in. He's coming over. <laughs> we got a chair for you. How are you today? Well, I guess under circumstances, I'm okay. <laughs> Move up. Talk to us. What do you well, mean under the cir- circumstances? Well, uh, you know that meeting that occurred yesterday? Yes. You know, it just so happened that we didn't know a whole lot about that until after it you know, got in place, and, uh, you know, I voted for this last time. Mm-hmm. I'll vote for it again today. But, guys, now I've been to the doctor, and I've been having a lot of blood work done, and I had to be there at 3 o'clock. Okay. I'm fixed to have a hip 
replacement. We need and, to tell folks who's talking because we, we know who Rye. he is, but yeah. they don't. They just heard John it. Rye, Representative Rye is here. And I, I had talked to um, Brant Smith, and he told me that you were out because of a medical appointment. That's right. But we'll be here today, and there's going to be a Good. meeting after this one is over. So I can right. count. That's ten. Yeah. All right. We need one more then. Yeah. But I just thank you, you, sir. Know, we appreciate well, that. We're for this, you know, Let's and we've in. been for this all along. But certain circumstances took place yesterday, and, and guys, I really didn't know that we were going to have that meeting until later in okay. the day. Okay, that's good. But you no. were the only one, I think, that was mentioned who actually had a legitimate excuse because you did have a medical procedure and you had to go for testing. You've had this medical issue. But you, even if you weren't there, there still were plenty of Republicans there who should have voted. We, we missed it by one vote. And for Representative Spencer Hawks to vote present uh, instead of for this bill as a Republican is egregious. So you well, ta- you talked to Hawk, and I, is I he going to vote for it, I don't it, know bill? if he's going to vote for it yet, but he was, he was less opposed to it. Text him and ask him why. Why he's opposed, and if he's I'm, going to vote yay or nay, and I'll speak to him too. Okay, because he's a good young man. I believe he'll do what's right. Well, let us know. Well, he took David Meeks's place, and I can tell you how Meeks would have voted. Right. Oh, I know <laughs> well, guys, I'm going to get back in. All right, we'll let you go. A bit more to do. It's good to see everyone. We're good to see you too. Today. Thank you for stopping oh, yeah. by and visiting so with so us. Much. All right, we appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I. I mean, when I heard that it was defeated, I I got a hold of somebody. I'm. I'm not at liberty to tell you who I talked to. Jan probably knows who it was because I, I sent you the information that mm-hmm. I had. Right. And the bottom line was is that three people left that meeting. We had uh, Representative Rye. He had a legitimate reason to leave the meeting. Yeah, he's he been was, limping around. You see yeah, him he's, well, he's well, going to have to have he's, uh, he's, he's knee replacement hip, surgery. Yeah, he was telling knee or hip or something. Yeah. Yeah, he was telling me that his, I think it was his knee that's it's rubbing on bone. Mm-hmm. And so he's he, uh, yeah, so he's He's hurting yeah. as he, as he walks here. around the. As cabinet. he walks away, he says, "We can get that. We can get that pass today." So he's so he so he's here, and he's, I think he's going to be. Here, here's what people were saying last night, and I agree. It, you know, we pay these legislators to represent us. They only have to be here a few months out of the year, okay? And they they are here as our voice. Each each representative represents thousands and thousands of people in his or her respective district. So my problem is, as technologically advanced as we are today, there's no excuse. For any legislator to not register a vote, we ought to uh, to initiate a way for all legislators to be able to vote on every issue, even if they are away from their desk. If they can vote in advance or if they can vote by phone, by cell phone, by computer, whatever, so that the people in their district are represented. I, mean, I, I, I think it's that's kind of like kind how of many days idea. can you call in sick and not be here I, if no, this right. is your, here's, your job? Here's what was sent to me yesterday after the vote. You had texted me and said that it had failed. Mm-hmm. I got a hold of somebody that said, to my knowledge, the governor didn't ask anyone to leave. Rye had a doctor's appointment. Cap was on the Senate side running a bill. Cap is not even on that committee. And, and, da- and, and Dalby was asked to come to the speaker's office about something. What about Johnson? And Where was Johnson? That's all, Where was Shepard? That's all I know. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Well, Shepard's part of the committee? That's why it mm-hmm. only takes 10 Mm-hmm. Ten votes, and if Shepard okay. Yeah. So committee, bottom apparently. bottom line is, is that's you know I had no reason to to uh, say this person uh, wasn't wasn't right because of right. who it was a Senate to me. Mm-hmm. All right, that was sent. By the way, I asked off the record. What vote right. was that on? The, the, the Senate, Senate Bill, Bill 411, 411 the prohibiting sanctuary cities. Yeah. 
It, but here's the thing. Them. This bill has been there for months. It's been there. If anybody had any problems with it, they should have brought it up before oh, now. They should have you. dealt with it. If the governor didn't <laughs> like it, he should have talked about it. But but we all know, and for, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like that, that all these people are innocent, because I have watched these people, and I'm talking about legislators, play political games by getting up and going to the restroom rather than having to vote and on an issue that's controversial. We saw this earlier. Bedsell did it. It happens all the time. If they don't want to be on the record as voting for something because they know their constituents aren't going to like the way they vote and they're being pressured to vote a certain way that they know is not going to make their constituents happy. They, they'll either get up and go to the restroom or suddenly they're not feeling well or, or they got a phone call and got to step outside and take the call. The bottom line is I think that every legislator should have to be a recorded vote on every issue, even in committees, so that every citizen can start lobbying their legislators if they're not handling it. Just like, you know, good bills die in committee. This is a good bill, and it died in committee yesterday. Today. And if it wasn't for Brant Smith and Stubblefield getting just bowing up and saying, no, we're going to run this one more time, uh, where would we be today? Yeah, here's the key. Everybody says, why do we need this? Because there, there are no sanctuary cities in Arkansas. Let me just tell you this. Number one, if you're going to be a sanctuary city, you're not going to tell people about it because you know what's going to happen. You don't, you don't generally pass a bill. Okay. Actually, we a, already do know. have cities but in number, Arkansas that have implemented sanctuary city programs. I know, but they haven't called themselves sanctuary. I don't care what you call it. I, it's, you are what Jan, you are. I'm on your side here, all right? I understand that. But that's one of the arguments that they're using is to saying, well, nobody says they're a sanctuary city. Look, Little Rock in the last two years has spent $180,000 on ID for illegal immigrants. Seems like that may not be a sanctuary city, but it's a definite program for a sanctuary well, city. And also, aid and comfort. also, I talked to a member of the state police that they were trying to help Little Rock crack down on their crime because they knew that they were moving up way high on mm-hmm. the crime levels as far as the national. So the state police in the last few years have been working hand-in-hand with Little Rock to try to solve that problem. But Little Rock has quit pressing you know illegal immigrants and other things hard enough to where the state police says well if you're not going to enforce the laws that are in place we're not going to help you anymore so so this is a guy that's inside the and state see, police on the ground part of this. another and, part of this is that they're they're not helping ice if they show up Mm-hmm. All right. They're not supporting our immigration policies. Now, if you're not supporting the immigration part. Uh, if you're not with us, you're against part, us. Yeah, that's exactly what it comes down to. What he was saying and what I've heard and what I've heard from other people is they've pulled somebody over, even in the county, and there's illegal people in the car that don't have papers and they're obviously illegal, then they're just letting them go and, and not. They've been doing that for years. I hate anything. to tell you that. Yeah. But here's the thing. Once once that bill passed yesterday, a statement was made to a city councilman in Little Rock that we would like, and this is from a city board member in another city, the cities of Conway and Fayetteville were interested in getting the Little Rock program. Uh, so, you know, and I'm surprised at how many people, when I posted about this program that was going on in Little Rock, how many people in this state didn't know. I was not aware that was happening. And, I, Dave, you know, I stay on top of stuff, but I did not know that we were giving illegals valid uh, IDs, photo IDs. And what can you do with that besides access it, social yeah. programs? I've been can streaming you, about this for can you vote? two years. Can these people get... Not yet. I would like to look at... I would like to FOI a, the this list right. of people who that we've given IDs to, and I would also like to put that up against the voter registration rules and see if any of these people have actually voted in the in past elections. That's a, you do that, and we'll talk about it. I guarantee you that. 
I was hoping maybe you but would pick that I up. could do Very that nice. as well. I guarantee you yes. one thing. They're getting a lot of subsidies. Yeah, here's the bottom line. Bottom line, I've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, I know, Dave. I have been screaming about this. I even asked, you know, when I have Jr. on, I've, I've questioned him about where the governor is on this. Mm-hmm. He does not stand for sanctuary cities. Problem is, I'm thinking with ASA what it means. If you don't have you, if you've never said we want to be a sanctuary city, then you're not a sanctuary city, no matter what you may be doing. Non-controversial, out of sight, out of mind. Don't say or do anything that can be used against you later. Don't take a stand, and if you don't, if you you don't take a stand, if you step in it and it smells like crap, it probably is. Well, uh, well, you know, well, we know the truth. The reason he's staying away from it is because. You know, that's the same as supporting it. It's just like Jen saying, if you're not in that room and you don't vote for a bill, that is a vote against the bill mm-hmm. because the bill has to have so many votes that's to carry. That's exactly right. So if you, if you go to the bathroom, if you get lost on the way to get a bag of potato chips, or if you get a phone call that tells you to go for a walk, that is a vote against the bill. And it's the same thing when the governor says that he won't support a bill that eliminate sanctuary cities in Arkansas or prohibits them in the future, which there will be, then that means he supports it. We've got, look, we've got sanctuary cities except in name. Hey, is that like Obamacare? Did we not? Were there not two people who are illegal, illegal immigrants? Were there not two people that actually admitted they were illegals who testified in support? I mean, against this bill the other day in committee. I was told I didn't get to watch the whole video, but um, I, you know, I tell you, you talk about renaming things. Our Republicans are good at that. We have Obamacare in Arkansas. We still have Medicaid expansion. It was called private option when Obamacare ordained it. Then we changed it to Arkansas Works. I call it Arkansas Why Work. We're going to buy your insurance anyway. But we have Obamacare in Arkansas and we still have the math system and we still have we still have the education system that we had when the Democrats are in charge. The only thing is, is uh, we've changed the names of everything. We're good at that. Uh, as far as the sanctuary city thing goes, we've been talking about it for quite some time up in Fayetteville. We've been talking about it here in Little Rock. Now, I've been talking about it more in Little Rock than anywhere else because that's where my show is at. But Stodal was solidly looking to be a sanctuary city. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get him on the air and let him deny it and then bring up all kinds of things that they did while he was a, the, the mayor. And bottom line, Jan... They want to be a sanctuary city. Well, the city, city board council, wants yeah, to be the city, same way. Not all the city board. Uh, city councilman Larry Hines is the one I had on. I did an interview with him Sunday night, and he's livid about this because he said the way they slipped this in the budget, that you know, as a line item in the budget, this hundred eighty thousand to pay for this program, right. it wasn't. He said we didn't get to vote on this. We didn't. Did, we didn't vote on a program that either you know aids and abets uh, people who are in our city illegally. All right. Well. I will try to get Larry Hines on on the uh, the show. I have not had him on. I'll get him on, and we'll talk about this because everybody, anybody who listens to this show with any regularity, knows that I've been yelling and screaming about this, and that we needed to get it stopped, or was going to be a f- full blown sanctuary city, and maybe not in name. But they're just turning a blind eye to what's going on. They're just turning a well, blind that's, that's eye. Just like Common Core, that's what I was trying to think of. We still have Common well, and, Core and education system. Oh, here, yeah. yeah we, we, we've just renamed it. For it. Still some time. And yeah, we've just renamed a, that's it. That's not even just a blind eye. That's active participation 
in helping people who are who are not here legally to participate. I mean that 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 ID system is kind of all right. I got to get a break in. It's twenty six after already. We got to get a break in. Let's uh, let's do that. We'll come back here. We're on third floor, house side. So Dave Ellswick show right here at one hundred one one. FM, The Answer. All right, we got the power panel here. Jan Morgan's here, R.D. Hopper, Paul Calvert, myself. Third floor, house side of the state capitol. Let's take a break for the news, and we'll come back and talk more. All right, so tomorrow I'll be talking to R.D. and everything, and uh, talking about uh, my car. It's been running really good, R.D. Good stuff. Good deal. That, that, uh, that uh, engine that you were able to get for my car is running clean and lean brother best gas mileage i was getting with the the engine that it came with originally was getting about 18 to 19 uh, miles per gallon now i'm getting 23 to 25 wow that's a big change yeah that's huge mostly because he's getting older and he drives slower (laughs) i don't anybody anybody who's written ridden with me knows what you just said is full of it because I don't drive slow. Well, that's almost the older worse. he gets, the less he cares about the speed limit. That's exactly right. I just figure God's going to call me home soon, sooner or later. But you know, proof? Dave, he's yeah. in that—he's in the slow lane all the time, like those no, little folks, yeah. you know, hanging on with both hands to the steering wheel but and we, looking, I'm the car. I'm the car behind them, pushing them forward. In his mind, he's still yeah. a speed demon, but in, in oh, real life, he's still—he's poking on, around. Let me just, hey, Russ. I'll tell Jan how slow I drive. <laughs> he doesn't want to get involved. <laughs> All right. He doesn't want you to get arrested. But, hey, <laughs> I, well, I'm glad I've been known as I've been leaving. Yeah, it's great as I was leaving from uh, the show saying, uh, if you're a state policeman, do not pay attention to the red, you know, Acadia going down the road with the live free license plate on it. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, I'm flying. I'm flying, and I fly low. That's the way I've always You've passed driven. me before on the way to yes, I have. Cabot. Okay, so you tell me, uh, for f- somebody that's out there, they got a car. They don't know what kind of engine they need or anything like that. They just give you a call and you walk them through the process. Oh yeah, we've been doing this for thirty years. We have VND codes. Are you thirty? You're yeah, about 22, 23 yeah, right. years Now old. your outside's going. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got we have VIN decoders, so if you'll call us, you, know, you don't have to know all the information about your car. Just give us your VIN number. We'll be able to run the VIN number and tell exactly what part that your car came equipped with, and we'll be able to give you a price with a one or a two or a three-year warranty warranty depending on how long you're planning on keeping your car to make sure the money you give Sonny's Auto Salvage is uh, well served and you get the use you need out of it. Okay, I want to talk about one other thing because the person saying, well, yeah, that sounds really good, but who's going to put it in for me? If they don't have a clue about a mechanic, you all have mechanics that do Yeah, this. we have mechanics. We do motors, transmissions, rear ends, uh, transfer cases, all major mechanical parts we install. When we install a part, we guarantee parts and labor uh, for the first year. And then you can, uh, by extended part warranty labor on. So we'll put it in, and we'll be respons- responsible for the parts and labor for the first year so you have nothing to worry about. There you go. That's the way it works. You just call 982-7451, 982-7451. You can talk to R.D., or you can talk to any of his professionals at 
Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Use the place I use because you know how cheap I am. You know you're going to get a good price. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave. So I have a question. What did your car get when it was new? What kind of fuel miles did it get? Did it get 23, 24? No, it got about 20. Yeah, about 20. So it's yeah, better than when it was I new. I mean, look, I bought it in 2010. And uh, you'd be surprised at how advanced the fuel mileage went over a decade. It increased amazingly. That's why they're talking about raising taxes on, on fuel. gasoline and, and diesel because they're not They've making already money raised taxes. Yeah. The Republicans already yeah, added five cents wholesale. Oh, they don't one. have to they don't have to vote on it. That's correct. Just on the uh, half cent. Yeah, yeah, the half cent. So right. yeah, they've already raised, raised it. Six and three cents. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think six it, and three. Six and three is what diesel it is. Diesel six, gas is three. Gas three. And of course they raise it on diesel by six. You're paying for at least four of it. At the at the cost of whatever you're buying, that's been trans- to mark it up. Trans, yeah. uh, being transported by a truck. Keep right. that in mind. You, they don't pay it; you pay it. Hey, that's we the way pay it everything. That's the way it works. Yeah, that's exactly no, right. And, and the government does. There's no such thing as free money. And more of it's going to go up because the uh, minimum wage is going to go up. That's going to drive prices up too. Well, and also probably give them already give, has. give government more money too. If you if you that's can, the only big winner out of it, Paul, is the government. They get more sales tax. Push, push people into a higher Here's tax what the bracket. people are saying. Y'all want to hear what I, I love? I, the greatest thing about Facebook, and even though Facebook and I, it's like a love hate relationship. But the greatest thing about Facebook is it gives us a way to instantly connect with people, not only from all over our state, but from all over America. And what people in Arkansas were saying last night because of all the tax increases and now this this sanctuary bill failing and people are just fed up and they're saying you know what see it doesn't matter what we do whether we got republicans in in control or democrats in control the people seem to lose every time it's it's nothing happens that's in the interest of the people those are the kinds of things that people are saying and you know what happens to voters when when people start feeling that they way they stop voting they stop voting that's right yeah they disengage. i mean what relief you know uh, since the change my insurance has not gone down since the, the change at the national level. I have no insurance. You have no insurance. Did you keep? Did you get to keep your doctor? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Seventy five percent raise. I kept my doctor, but I had to pay seventy five percent more yeah, to I keep gotcha. him. Right. But yeah, I've, I've I've kept private insurance so far. It's only gone up seventy five percent. But all those people that are on the first. Uh, step of the ladder that are working McDonald's, you know. The sad thing to me about it is it traps people. I talk to people that own hotels and people that own restaurants, mm-hmm. and people say, I only want to work this many hours. I can't work any more hours of right. this. And you can't pay me this much money. I was going to give somebody a raise at my business uh-huh. and move them up into another position. And they lost and all, like, the, all the color in their face. Oh, there's like, yeah, no, no. I can't take that position that raise. I got two kids at home, and I'd have to start buying my own insurance and and i would lose all these subsidies so i've got to stay where i'm at i can't take that position what socialism does so uh, here we are we've got republicans it's supposed to kill obamacare supposed to incentivize people to improve their lives with less government and more freedom and i can't even give somebody a raise at my own business without them saying they can't take it <laughs> 
So you know, there's what, something you know wrong the, with this the, picture. The saddest part of that, besides the fact that the people of Arkansas but, lose, the saddest part of that is you look back at the foundational members of the Republican Party in Arkansas. People like Dorothy Crockett, people like oh, uh, Barbara Barbara Deschel, and people who were here and were Republican when it was like having leprosy. If you said yeah, you were Republican, when it wasn't this was cool. heavy Democrat. Yeah, and and those people now are watching all this happen, all that they worked for and built up that we walked in and just inherited. And what are we doing with that amazing gift and, and all the hours and hard work that they put behind building this party? What are we doing with it? We're destroying it. We're destroying the legacy of the Republican Party in this state. And if Republicans don't step up and fight back to gain it back, we're going to be in trouble, and not only in Arkansas, but in America. So what I'm asking people to do, all those people that voted for me, there are 63,000 people that voted for me. I said, please don't walk away now. We're just getting started. What I need you Get to do involved. is join your Republican committee. We need to grow the Republican Party with Republicans. Oh, there's my favorite one right there, yeah. Linda Collins. Looks like she just got yes. back from Daytona Beach. So we've got to build this thing up, <laughs> and we can't we can't win the fight if we don't get in there and, and join the local committees. And so every Republican com- county committee meeting I go to in Garland County, every week you can ask the people there, I'm bringing new members, I'm bring- and I'm bringing younger members. We've got to reach the millennials and these younger people because – you know, people, what do they accuse us of, of being that party of old, gray-headed white guys, you know? So we need to build our party, and part of that is involves bringing in young people and helping them to understand that socialism doesn't work and that Ocasio-Cortez is not the answer, that conservative constitutional government is the answer. You mean, what was, you mean A-C-A-O-C and how much she loves still in office have they how not much she, she she loves uh, the people from the south and did you hear yeah. her t- trying to do a Hillary Clinton the other day talking in her southern draw and no. talking and trying ain't, ain't me doing this you know doing her thing have yes. you heard that yet yes yeah, well the thing I love about it, it. The thing about it is we have to elect people that own businesses that are more interested in saving the small businesses and the family businesses of Arkansas than they are taking care of the hospitals in Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Because people are up here making career decisions because they want to be politicians for the rest of their lives. Josh tried to get it done. But they voted as 1992 down, which would have effectively cut $400 million from the insurance companies. $400 million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I mean. He tried. I mean, hey, you got to give him the Josh Miller. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, Josh Miller tried to He's, freeze it two years ago and said, hey, if we don't want to grow Obamacare, whatever, then we'll just, let's just freeze it where it's at. They wouldn't even support Josh Miller. The Republicans wouldn't support saving it. So what we have right now in Arkansas at the Capitol are a majority of career politicians that's going along with establishment to make sure they don't get an opponent and make sure that they get some of that Medicaid money put in their PAC fund when it comes election time. I okay. want to warn everybody about who just joined us. <laughs> our, our, our resident. We're going to let her talk to us when we come back from back break. break. Okay. i got to get a break her? in here. Can yes. I introduce her? You Wonderful. can introduce her. Okay. Yeah, she's a true conservative, though. I will t- and, and we Linda Collins-Smith and I will share a story about when she decided to go from being a Democrat to being a Republican and what it was like for the first time when she met me. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And we're on the third floor 
House side at the state capitol, and uh, the uh, House adjourned for a few moments. They'll go back in in a few moments again. I'm going to turn it over to Jan Morgan. She will introduce our next guest. Yes, I am so honored to introduce this lady because she is a true conservative. And she was, if you look at the scorecard by Conduit uh, based on the legislators' voting records, she was the second most conservative voting legislator in Arkansas for several years in a row and unfortunately she got she got beat uh state senator linda collins got beat this this last election and uh by someone who's not so conservative and hence you know some of the issues we're having but thank you so much for joining us today i'm so proud to be with you all today and i'm so so glad you're still involved you know (laughs) i I was like what is linda going to do what is our we still i still call you senator because you'll always be my senator but uh you you didn't just go away you're up here you're in the middle of stuff uh making a difference what what was your take on uh SB 411 getting killed yesterday. Well, the good thing is, and I've been here a while, so it's not over. And I think that's the key. Today that'll be heard 20 minutes after recess, and they've actually adjourned for the day. And so I just want to make sure that everyone that knows they can attend uh, the city-county local meeting in the House. Please join us. I really appreciate the legislators, though, that voted for that bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to have policy that protects the people of Arkansas and this nation. And Arkansas wants that. You know, Jan, Dave, I've traveled the state of Arkansas a lot. Mm-hmm. And I visit with people from all walks of, uh, of life. And, and they know me. And they come to me and they'll tell me about one of the issues. And that's the concerns of the illegals in the state of Arkansas. And they want something done. It's no wonder they voted for uh, President Trump. Mm-hmm. Because they're like-minded. They're, they're concerned. They're fearful. And I'm proud to continue to work on conservative policy in the state. I am a true conservative, and so you can yes, tell Yes, you ring. are. Yes, she is. She's yeah. amazing. Well, I, I put her through the ringer when she made the change. She'll. Uh, this is when they had the conservative group that met, what, once a month, I guess, was or when it was or a something. week. And we would be down in the cafeteria and meet, and they had introduced Linda, and I had a litany of questions for her, didn't I? No, oh, he did. He really did. How do you know? Well, for one thing, look at my voting record. Mm-hmm. Even when I went in the House, my voting record was clear. I'm very conservative, uh, ranging from being at top on uh, that voting or number two, whichever. You can tell yeah. that my record's clear. I'm conservative. Tell me, how does it make you feel when you watch this session? I know you've been here and you've seen the things go down, the, the tax increases, the, the growing government, the increasing spending, all of those things that are not part of who Republicans are supposed to be. How does that make you feel, Senator, when you watch all of that? And, and what do you think is the impact? What, what, how is that going to impact the Republican Party in the future? Well, I'm not sure how it's going to impact the Republican Party. We have a lot of legislators that, that have ran and, and they're on the Republican ticket, and obviously it affects the policy that's passed. We're going to increase taxes in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And at some point, when do we stop the big government and believe in our platform? We really need to hold people accountable. And I look at something that's very important because I've been in the legislature. It's not the single vote. Well, there may be an issue that does it for you with a legislator, but when you're talking taxes overall, where they may lower taxes somewhere and raise them, if they have a net decrease, they've lowered taxes. So keep that in mind about your legislators. Sometimes an old tax bill needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. And you can lower one, even if you're raising the other, and still you can have a net decrease. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for less taxes, less big government, less regulations. That's what I want to see with our legislators, because that's their promise when they run for office. How do you, I know you've been all over the state, and you, you know the folks of Arkansas. How can we get 
the people of this state to start paying attention and get engaged with their state government? Well, as soon as legislators over and you can't fix anything, they'll say, start calling. And so you kind of be firm with them and say, well, where have you been all this time? When you don't right. get involved, you, you can't get them to make changes after they vote on the policy. And the it's session's not, almost over. It's not that people are bad, Linda. You know, I it, I had not been to this state capitol until you called me, but two years ago. That's I correct. Had not, I had never set foot in the state capitol. I've been out there on the national front, front fighting 2A issues and doing stuff like that. So I, And I just assumed, because Republicans were in control of our state government, that everything was okay until that fateful phone call that you made to me and said, girl, I need you up here to help me fight. And I said, fight what? We got Republicans have control. We got, we got it made in Arkansas. And you said, just get down here that's exactly right and i'll tell you that's the way it has to happen something has to affect someone either their pocketbook mm-hmm. or their rights that it that it touches them whatever that reason is when it's bad enough they'll finally get involved i encourage everyone to be as vocal as the liberals are mm-hmm. to speak up and to be bold you do not have to be mean and ugly but you have to speak up and mm-hmm. you have to be active they do not stay clothed mouth and you have to remember that they, they voice their concerns and their opinion. We have to do the same, and so I encourage them to. And if there's another question, I'll answer, but I'm going to go sit in on this before okay. 11, and I'm going to try to You go ahead and do that, and then you come it. up and talk to us <laughs> We about need you to testify for it. I would like to. Okay, I'm going to see your help over there. Thank you, guys. Head All right. Big yeah. Mac. We'll see you God later. Bless. All right. Can we, we call Winthrop Rockefeller? No, that's didn't they? Re, isn't that they? They named uh, the Big Mac building Winthrop Rockefeller yeah, after Winthrop. So. That's what I heard. Is that right? They have named the Big Mac building after know. Winthrop I, Rockefeller. Really? I don't know. Wow. Yeah, that's where is it? I, I saw that huh. paper. That's good. It's a good thing that they did. That I'm happy. Okay. Boy, I tell you uh, the what. Senate I... yesterday approved legislation to name the state's 501 building as Big Mac. Uh, east of the state capitol in Little Rock, the Winthrop Rockefeller Building. So they're all on their way over to Winrock. How's that? That's one? great. Mm-hmm. That's he loved this thing. state. He yes, came he all, did. He came all the way from from New York to come to this so state. His and the son, rest of his, his fam- son loved this yeah, state son, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so his family are like, "What on earth do you see in Arkansas?" <laughs> right. If you go up there to the mountains where they've got their their cattle ranch, oh, yeah, at, it's, it's beautiful. Yep. You know, I want to ask you, Dave, as a as a media person, you've been in the media for decades, decades yep. uh, longer than some people have been alive. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I, I don't know day. if you saw any today of uh, President Trump uh, visiting with the president of Egypt, I believe is who he was with. But the, the press came in and the press was going to do a quick uh, conversation with the president, you know, ask a few questions. But they were so horrendously rude and disrespectful to our president, yelling and screaming at him. I, I just... I. I mean, isn't there supposed to be a, some level of decorum? I, I don't care how you feel about somebody. I'm still as, as angry as I get at Governor Hutchinson. If I, you know, if I have to address him in, as a media person, I'm going to still address him in a respectful manner. But these people were just yelling and screaming the president's name out. And here we have a, an international guest, you know, sitting beside him. And I'm thinking, wow, this looks really bad for our country. Yeah, well, it's it's gotten worse, but it was bad all the way back to the 70s. Well, at I least mean, the press it, it people used to raise like their that. hands to be called Sometimes. on. But that's not what they were doing Sometimes. today. I mean, we all remember, you know, Donaldson and others that were always yelling. I mean, Donaldson was always screaming at the president as he was walking away, trying to get that last question in. He was, Sam was always doing that. And I don't I, remember look, people treating President Obama that way. I don't I don't remember the... the, the well, know, that's the, because you've been called a racist if you didn't 
oh, go okay. over. So all, it's about overboard. skin color. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you need to talk me. about I, policy, not the person. Well, absolutely. You, you don't need to attack the person. Right. It's the policy. If it's we the we may disagree mm-hmm. with your beliefs, or some people that believe that the government should be the source of the solution of all problems in society. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we fund them enough and give them enough money, and you know, bring in insurance companies to work with us or whatever, that they'll solve all of our solve all of our problems. If you believe that, then that's fine. I don't well, care. Well, the politics of destruction really started during the Clinton administration. So, I mean, right? seriously, oh, yes. attacking people. Can oh, we yeah. tell people what out of this session? There are some things that the people are going to see uh, in in the months ahead in the next election. We need to probably let people know what's going to be on that ballot. Uh, as a result of what's happened here, for example, a gas tax uh, and some other things. Uh, did the term limits, uh, yeah, Senator Clark's term limits pass? That so is going. Not, that's that's that not really term limits. That will go to the people as well. Is it, yeah, I mean, well, how do you, it, it is, but it isn't. It's it sort reduces of, term limits down to 12 years, from what I understand. And that's then Senator if you Clark's out, uh, mm-hmm. if you out bill. four years and you can come back. And so, mm-hmm. so you have you to take can, a four-year break. Right. You can kind of be a lifetime politician, but you can't do it consecutively. That is sorry. And so it's, that is sorry. It's a little different than what we have right now. I think it's sixteen years. But what happens if We've the highway funding in. bill fails? What if the people of this state understand the the magnitude of the impact of then that? Then there'll tax be increase? a special session. Yeah, but, but, but we are <laughs> funded. Well, we already have that one tax though that's supposed to be in effect until twenty twenty three. That's supposed to fund our highways. So. You know, so, so the idea. Is, oh, you mean we oh. may actually get to hear Julie Mabry's bill that that the Republican who had the bill that would fund our highways without increasing taxes? It ain't happening. Mm-hmm. We it had happening. we had that all the way back in 2013. But Dan, you got to understand, the Republicans don't want to give up that money and spend it on highways. They want they want to raise money. We're going to hold that raise thought till we come back. First hour is done. Stick around. Second hour should be better. So Dave Ellswick Show, third floor house side. See you as we continue our coverage of the 92nd General Assembly. Well, we haven't gone anywhere. We've been here while you were catching up on the news on the third floor house side here at State Capitol. The house is in adjournment right now. I think they're going to come back in the session but they uh, have a couple of committee meetings going on, and uh, Senate Bill 411 is to be heard during this break. Uh, we got several people that are down at the uh, the room where it's taking place. Uh, my suggestion is if you're close to the Capitol, you can come and watch and listen to the some of the really stupid arguments for being against this bill. Yeah, this is history being made. I mean, we, we're either going to go down the road of California or we're going to stand strong on it being a solid constitutional state. Uh, yeah, some of the arguments that they were making, the, the people who are against SB 11, they were th- saying things like it's going to cause, you know, profiling and it's going to make people feel uncomfortable here. Profiling are, you know, is illegal no matter what bill we're talking about. Right. So, Why? I, you know, the bottom line is that that was great. They were so grasping at straws. The only arguments the opposite side had regarding this were emotion-based. It was about feelings and people feeling uncomfortable here. Uh, if you start you know, pushing strong, anti, strong immigration laws. Uh, but hey, look, you shouldn't feel uncomfortable here. If you're in America legally, you're not going to have any problems. So I guess I guess I wonder what's because immigration or ICE doesn't take people away just simply because they're illegal right now. They've got to actually commit a crime, don't they? Because they'll turn them loose. 
Yeah, if, and, if they're and just, they know this. And they know this, and they're like very, very bold about it. You know, but the people who are here illegally, I see him on Fox News sometimes. You know, they've got a guy on there that, that, that brags about, it. I'm not here legally. And, yeah. and he's one of their analysts. <laughs> he goes on and he talks wow. about anytime so, so they have the, immigration. So they're not issues. afraid of being deported no. for being. Um, they basically could be. undocumented or illegal. They could not, be, but not, could be. ICE is so overwhelmed rare. right now. They are overwhelmed. They, they don't have enough agents, and the budget is being stretched tight. I mean, you look at the billions of dollars it's costing us in this country to deal with the thousands and thousands who are coming over the border. Well, look, they don't deal just with illegals. They deal with the drugs that are illegally coming mm-hmm. into the country. Right. They deal with the illegal product. I'm well, I'm I'm so anxious. If I I would love to be in the committee room right now, I, 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 because right now, this moment, while we're talking about this, they are discussing SB 411, and it's going to decide whether or not Arkansas is going to be at the state lines. Okay, uh, was uh, State Representative Carol Dalby, Republican of Texarkana, told uh, State Senator Stubblefield she was concerned that a portion of the bill that makes the state attorney general a fact-finder would be unconstitutional and conflict with the powers of the office. Here's what it requires. SB 411 requires that the attorney general... So is that why she walked out of the meeting? I guess. uh, It requires that the attorney general investigate and produce an opinion when an allegation is made that a city is offering sanctuary to someone unlawfully in the country. If the city is found to be in violation, then it would be ineligible to receive state discretionary funds or uh, grants, says Dalby, quote, maybe there's a better mechanism for complaints to be heard. I don't understand what's so, the problem so I, with I that. I can kind of see well, where the, she's coming from, but I think she's misguided on, on some levels. So, you so think? General, let me just kind of explain. So I think generally speaking... The attorney general is not in a position to judge cases. She's not there, or he's not there. In this case, she is not there to find people innocent or guilty. But we're not talking about people being accused of criminal activity. We're talking about this uh, a, a government a policy, a government policy, a state mm-hmm. policy, or sorry, a city policy. And the attorney general is put in a position of determining whether or not bureaucratic funds are going to be sent to them. Basically, well, it's very clear. Ex- extra, extra cash. If you're in violation Why of federal a- immigration laws, right. then so the- you, if you're aiding and abetting illegals by giving them valid IDs, that's pretty dang clear-cut to me. Well, and, and so that's, that's the thing is that, that generally speaking, it would be a, you would go to court over things like that. But in the in the case of dealing with bureaucratic issues, those don't go to court. It's, it is an executive well, branch the, decision. Would one of the arguments from the other side was, well, we'll you know this will create lawsuits. People are going to sue. Well, anything can create sure. lawsuits. So we're sure. going to pass a bill because we might get sued. No, come on. Yeah, that's for sure. I'll go back to my what I said when we were on break. What? If your decisions in life are going to be made according to if you get sued or not. Instead of what's right what's and right what's and wrong. Ro- what's wrong, you have no business in any place of leadership. But, and you know what I tell people, you know, you know, stay in bed. Well, but see, here's what? the thing about Carol Dalby. <laughs> Let me just say this, and I hope she shows up today to talk about this, but I'm not going to hold my breath. You know, here she says she had a problem with the bill. Well, she was one of the Republicans who left the room rather than staying there and vote. A Republican? Vote. She's a Republican yeah, yeah. From who, Texas, who left the room. Now, this is the same Republican. Le- she's, she was chair. She's chair of uh, judiciary. the judiciary. Yeah. She left the room. Now, this is the same, same uh, legislator 
who sat right here on this radio show a few weeks ago and said that sometimes a legislator isn't sure how they want to vote on an issue. And so she did not support the transparency of a roll call vote, that she liked the group voice vote option out because they may not vote at all. Well, that's, to me, you don't have an option. When you run for office, you're agreeing to be a voice for the people, and you are you should be required to be there and vote on every issue. Yeah, I, I was the one that asked her that question. Yeah, I, I was okay. the one that asked her that mm-hmm. question. Here's, here's my answer. I didn't like any of her answers to any of the questions we asked. Well, no, I didn't either, but I was being nice because it's your well, show. Well, we always, I'm always <laughs> respectful. Doesn't mean that I, I agree with what they're saying to us. The you reason I'm respectfully s- aggressive too. I can be respectfully say, excuse me, but so you're saying you don't support transparency in government? Is that what you're saying? What would happen to I, us? I said that if if there was a wanted criminal in 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 our area. Mm-hmm. And uh, the police and everybody was looking for him because he's breaking the law. And we just took him into our house and hit him for, you know, maybe and a couple of months. And fed him and took care of him and said, you know, those bad guys out there, they shouldn't be after you or anything. You know, you're so really you're not a, a betting. Huh? Yeah. So uh, what would happen to me if I did that for a while? If you took him I, in and hit him, that would probably be a little different. If you just simply turned him loose, that would be. I'm talking about hiding right. him from the police and then taking care of him so the police can't catch him. You're. you're that would be a, that's a you criminal might go, action. You, might go to jail you know, I understand why liberals, why, just, why the far just left. Just showing up with Catholic charities, no problem. There you go. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I understand why the far left has this, 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 the, the compassionate attitude. They, 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 they want to bring in all of these refugees. They want to bring in all of these illegals and help them out. You know, I understand why they do that because they don't know what they don't know. All right. But what I don't understand is the Republicans who stand up and fall into this emotion based uh, arguments and fall into the trap of, well, we need to, you know, vote for it or vote against it because, you know, people might get their feelings hurt. We don't need to turn people away and blah, 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 blah. Well, what it is, is every Republican politician that I know, most of them have a consultant. Mm -hmm. And the consultant that helps get them elected, you know, talks to them about decisions that they're going to make. And these decisions, you know, a lot of Republicans are elected with, like, 50 50 Democrats and Republicans for voting for them. Oh, is that why I because, didn't win? Because I didn't have a consultant, a strategist uh, uh, to tell yeah, me what exactly, to wear and how to act exactly. and what to say. And <laughs> hey, do, do y'all remember a miracle on 34th Street? <laughs> yes. The judge yes. is supposed to rule if there's a Santa Claus or not. Ah. And he's looking at the law and says, you know what? The, really, the law doesn't say that there's a Santa This guy can't prove he's Santa Claus. But what does his consultant sell, tell him? He said, i tell you one thing. You rule that there's no Santa Claus and you you better be looking for another job mm-hmm. come election time. Or take a rolling pin to the head from your wife. It, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Boy, that like would a be, man who speaks hey, from experience. That would be even worse. So, well, so that is my example. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's All a, your grandkids would hate you. That's exactly right. So when she comes up here from Texarkana and she's coming up here to vote, she knows the Republican platform. She knows we're against sanctuary cities, the Republicans are. Well, they, and she knows we're for smaller government and more freedom and upholding the laws that are in the books. But there's a little voice back there that says, hey, come election time, you go up there and do something that is against, you know, all these people that are living in your district that have all of these ID cards that that are getting all their subsidies. You go up there and do something to mess that up, and you'll be in the same place the judge was on 34th Street. 
be out in the cold. Pretty cold. And, and don't think that the governor and everybody else don't think about that. Why is he acting sheepish about this? Mm-hmm. He's acting sheepish about it because you cannot be held accountable for anything you don't do. That's right, which is why, like I say, we need to – let you watch. I'm going to push this next time, uh, that all legislators be required to vote on every issue on the record. If they can't be there, then with technology, you Tele- register your vote. Commute. Yeah, ex- no, I, absolutely. I, I, There's I no reason. I think that's a, a pretty reasonable request to, to, to at least give – Give the um, legislators maybe make maybe make them have a. Well, these people, this is a job. Yeah, be like, what if I just wanted to well, go to I've work and just say, "Well, I'm not going to go to work you. today because they're going to talk about something I don't want to have to," you know. You know, Jan, I've got a suggestion for you. You better start taking signatures to put it on a ballot because it won't be passed through this house. Yeah, just like they were anxious to do <laughs> you know, something about extending uh, the limits so you could be a lifetime politician, but they weren't anxious to do a recall because that's the one thing that I ask. Can we please have a recall option for the voters of this state so that when legislators run on one one platform, but then they get in and start legislating like they're Democrats instead of Republicans, that we that we have the ability to recall them? Right now in Arkansas, we don't we don't we don't have that option, and a lot of people in this state don't realize it. Um, so do we actually have a recall option? No, no we do not. We, do not. Okay. we need oh, one. And that's why I was saying. I, I, I'd be in favor of that. Well, I mean, well, yeah. But, uh, you might have to put it on the ballot. You might have to put it on the ballot from, from Well, you do have to put it on the ballot. That's you have exactly to, what but, she's but saying. But the legislator has to get it on the ballot. Well, you could actually do it through initiative if you wanted to. It's, it'd be a lot of work. You'd have to you, get But the I pay necessary. these legislators to do this. Why, why can't we just let them do it? That's, yeah, we right. We pay them. Uh, well, well, yeah, represent us. Are you going to... Are you going to... They're going to shorten their terms. They're going to shorten their terms. They're going to cut their pay. Yeah, they're going to shorten their terms. They're going to cut their pay. Yeah, and uh, and by the way, they're going to make sure everybody in the state knows how they voted on every single bill. You and know, wasn't it, it Senator Trent Garner that wanted to have a legislative session every year? Right now in Arkansas, we have them, what, every other year? So he wanted to do them every oh, year. No. Yeah, we changed, Can you imagine? That. we changed that just a few years ago. Yeah, but you know, have a financial time. I'd rather they go back, just be bicameral, and come here every two years and do I'd, I'd all. I'd like of it every five years, five years, money. and then we don't have to because every time they come, we get you know less freedom and more government. Yeah. less freedom, more mm-hmm. government every session, higher taxes. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, let's do it every year. Let's raise our taxes, have less freedom, and increase government. Let's do it every year. It's fun. You watch. You mark my word, folks. Just, just You can say, on this date, Jan Morgan said this. The next, not 2020, but the next governor's election will be the year of an independent. It will be the year of independence. Because what we're doing to this party, we are destroying the Republican Party. Uh, we're destroying the legacy of this party, and people are going to be so fed up that if some independents step up to the plate, whether it's running for Senate, uh, representative, governor, lieutenant, governor, whatever, you watch. People are going to be looking for anybody other than one of the two parties. Well, you may be right, but we haven't seen it yet. And they better raise a lot of money to get their message out. I'm not being negative, but it takes a lot. As long as something you learn, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of money to get the message out. And when you're running somebody, it's about three some, million dollars. Yeah, about mm-hmm. three million dollars yep. for a governor's race. If you want, if you want to go all out, so mm-hmm. they better be raising money and, and getting the word out. I'm not against it. I'm not against it, but uh, I hope you're right. All right, got to get a break in. Let's do that. We'll take a short one, then we'll come back and uh, can and talk some more. It's We're in the 3 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Third floor, house side of the state capitol. We're waiting on uh, the information 
on what's happening with SB 411. We're waiting on that. We got oh, people. and I just got a message from Senator Stubblefield. Yes. He says, I have a good feeling it's going to pass today. That okay. was just a few minutes ago. So All right. That's good. They well. must be having some good uh, a, a good amount of people showing up today. That's, that's good. Hope so. Okay. So Paul was yelling off the balcony here, playing Romeo and Juliet. Uh, so what's going on, So Paul? Vivian Flowers was just telling me that they killed her transparency bill that was going to require recordings for all public meetings. Really? Why? So, so uh, I, I don't Democrat. know. She said Bob Ballinger spoke against it. I don't know what the deal is. But so, so they, her bill got like eighty-nine votes in the House. That's the second House vote that has gotten overwhelming support. Yeah, it's, it had it that's had been huge shot support. down in the and Senate. And what did it do? It was going to require um, all public meetings to be recorded. Yeah. You Why would we be against it? that? I don't know. Uh, well, I, I, everybody's. Transparency, I all guess. All public but meetings it was, at meaning city and county level, or yeah. just at the Capitol? Okay, yeah. all city, and all co- of them. Yeah. Well, you and, know, and she made school some board meetings would have had to be. And she she recorded. made some exceptions where you don't. She have probably to have need a, to narrow it down a little bit for everything. But she passed. was going to require. But why would you? It's not an expensive thing to do. No, you simply set up a, you do a use on social media. Set your cell phone yeah. down or something. Social I mean, media, because that is the way. Look at how social media has been able has been able to help people get engaged. You know, when I asked Senator Collins, when I said, "How can we get people engaged?" Facebook alone has allowed thousands of people to find out right. what's going on in this state sure. government that otherwise wouldn't have a clue. Uh, it's, it's a whole new world yeah. opening up. Yeah, people do not know, you know, just like you just told me, that that Josh Miller mm-hmm. ran a bill that would save 20% of $200 million that it cost Arkansas to run Medicaid expansion every year. Mm-hmm. He was going to cut the insurance companies out and save mm-hmm. us 20% of $200 million, and it failed. And people need to know that people are up here trying to do some good I things. See, I see so uh, we Josh got, Miller right over we there. we got to take so a break. we still got a break to take. Let's take the break. We'll go over and see Josh and see if he'll come join us for a few moments Be here good. on the Dave yeah, Ellsbury People need to hear about that, good. Bill. All right, we just got a few minutes left till we get to the bottom of the hour. Josh Miller happened to be traveling by. We've grabbed him. He's joined us on the on the air. Josh, let's talk about uh, House Bill 1929, which I really liked, which was basically pay for the cost of service if you were on Medicaid and cut out the middlemen, which is the insurance agencies. It did not pass. So what was the reason that they didn't want to, you know, save money for the taxpayers of Arkansas? Well, DHS came in and blew up a bunch of smoke and gas and uh, I think had a few members concerned that if, if we passed that bill, it would hurt our case. Uh, assuming the Trump administration appeals the work requirements, uh, which there's, I don't believe that would be the case at all. It wouldn't hurt it one bit. Uh, and then they were making the case that if we, if we, uh, if we did pass the bill, uh, we wouldn't be able to have work requirements uh, moving forward on the Medicaid expansion population. That also is not true. Um, you know, there there are other states that do not have the private option model for covering their expansion population uh, that have implemented the work requirements. Um, and it was just it was it was sad and uh, aggravating, but 
that's the way this place is. Yeah, uh, Arkansas is the only state, isn't it, that has the 20% guarantee for the insurance companies? I believe it is. We're the only state, we're the only state that, that did Medicaid expansion using uh, private insurance companies. Right, we're exactly. So, so our Medicaid expansion in Arkansas is 20% higher than anybody else is what Josh's way I understand it because our insurance companies are guaranteed 20% of our taxpayers' money as for profit. That's the way that's the way I look at it and I believe that you know it's written in the written in the Arkansas Works legislation it was in the private option legislation it says that the insurance companies must maintain an 80% medical loss ratio well you know they and here's the deal some insurance companies can come in and say oh well we're we're spending uh 90% of the money you give us on medical loss uh but we as the state we as the legislature we don't have any way of knowing that because we can't audit them we don't know um i mean honestly we don't know that they're uh, that they're even spending 80 uh, so when they when they through. count that is is part of that the administrative costs as well all right can i can i can you stay for just a little bit yes all right we're going to take a break we've got to get the news in then you guys can ask some more okay. questions Sounds when good. we come back we got to get our break because it is a hard break that means the news guy is waiting in his booth you know, and ready to give them the news. So let's give you the news, then we'll come back. Josh Miller is our guest, state representative. He'll talk more with us in just a moment. All right, back with you here on the uh, third floor, house side of the state capitol. Josh Miller is with us, and I'm trying to check in on what's going on uh, at the uh, House Committee today in MAC Room B for SB uh, 411. I've just brought up Kenny Wallace's website, so I'm checking. Is he running it live? Out. Usually Looks yeah, like doing a live is. feed. Yeah, so we can find yeah. out what's going on. I, I was told by someone who's in the room that there are a couple of people, Republican side, who are arguing that this is going to cost money to implement. That's, you know, it's like straining on gnats but swallowing camels here. We're looking for any and every hey, excuse. They're a- grabbing at any excuse we possibly can find to try to, hey. to nail this bill to the wall so it doesn't pass. Money's not a problem for this group. If you got a good cause, we can raise the money. Yeah, if we want Money's to not a problem we're around about here. Money? Why do we just yeah. pass a four hundred million Shoot, dollars yeah. gas tax? Why, why, why start worrying about money at this point? You know, Josh, back to your bill, nineteen twenty nine. You know, when I was running for Senate, that was the one thing that I opposed was trying to keep people hostage in the position they were in and have them not being able to improve their lives to 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 lose their benefits. But when I would run into a Democrat. So a Democrat would say, boy, I'm not going to vote for you. You're against Obamacare. And I'd say, I bet me and you could agree on one thing. I said, what's that? And they said, why should the insurance company make 25% between the taxpayers and the people receiving care? And 100% of the time, that Democrat would say, they shouldn't. The insurance companies should not be getting 20 to 25% of our tax money. We should pay it direct to the people that are giving them the service. I never had one... You know, is that doesn't that sound like common sense? I think so, <laughs> uh, and that's usually the problem with stuff down here. If it makes too much sense, it's got to be bad. And we don't need to do it; we need to drop it like a wet newspaper. But uh, you know, that bill was the conversation's got to be had, and, and hopefully, at least you know, uh, the House Bill nineteen twenty nine. 
will at least get the conversation started moving forward, even though, you know, it's probably going to be two years before we can do anything about it again. And we'll, we'll, we will have wasted another billion dollars mm-hmm. just on profit for the insurance companies, not taking care of one sick person. Uh, and that's sad and aggravating. But And it's not an accident either. No, no, absolutely not. It's not an accident. I mean, people have gotten jobs and uh, so forth out of this whole deal. You know, I, when I came in and... 2013 and the the private option idea was hatched and uh i tried to remain open-minded about it and listen to it and uh but at the end of the day it's still it was still doing medicaid expansion which i'd said i would oppose and i did and you oppose, did vote against I, I did vote against it i've been one of the most adamant and you're still here. You know, the, the thing about Representative Miller, for those that don't know Josh, Josh is, uh, once again, I like to look at the voting record scorecard because rather than listening to politicians and what how they say they are and how they say they represent, if you look at their voting scorecard, that tells you who they really are. And Josh Miller is one of the most conservative voters. He's right up there in the top ten on uh, with a conservative voting record. And, and even though you've voted up against the, I call them counterfeit Republicans, rhinos, you're still here, and you're one of the few that have been able to outlast. You know, our two most conservative state senators were were pushed out this last election because they dared to bow up and stand firm like you did uh, against Obamacare for Arkansas. How is it that you've managed to hang on? I, I don't know. I do, I, because the people of Heber Springs love you. Well, <laughs> That's the district I, I, you represent. I, I am very fortunate to represent a great district that has been very gracious to me. Uh, since 2012, and, and I, I, it, it, it makes doing this job very easy because I represent a district uh, that, for the most part, you know, thinks like I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I don't stay in Little Rock. I go home every day, and uh, I'm there and, and and work there and see people. And uh, I hope that I've got a pretty decent feel for how most of the folks in my district operate, and and most of them really don't care about Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. They just think, hey, if it makes sense, let's do it. Right. And they see our government doing a lot of stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, and what's sad is that, that Little Rock and the Capitol here has become uh, a mini-me of, of what's going on in Washington, D.C. Yep. Right. And, um, you know, I, my advice to, to folks as they come in in the legislature is, you know what, we're remember who you work for you don't mm-hmm. work you don't work for anybody down here there's nobody down here hardly that can vote for you mm-hmm. and uh just represent your district now that that, that means that there's going to be times that, that there's folks i have a lot of respect for people who represent their district and their district is completely uh different than mine and mm-hmm. and i respect them for that they're right. doing their job right uh, and if we had more of that I think that we would be just, there would be a lot more uh, common sense type mm-hmm. ideals being put forth, and we would um, we'd get more done. We'd be here less. Even the Democrats and the Republicans could vote together sometimes if something just made common sense and saved the taxpayers' money. Because it's, it's not Democrat and Republican. It's doing what's best for the state of Arkansas. Yeah, but common sense is such a subjective thing now. I mean, Moms Demand Action thinks common sense is, is eliminate guns. You know, so how do you, how do you find common ground there? Uh, you know, common sense gun control, that's their phrase. You look at real statistics, I not think it's consistent with a lot of the ideas that, well, there's a problem. So we need government to take away people's liberty. 
where's the where's the the hard push for greater accountability for bad people? How about rather than being making it a subjective thing and saying let's just all get together and vote common sense? How about we just all get together and vote on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights? If it every every single thing that comes before the legislature, if it increases taxes, increases spending, if it if, Takes it, away if it if it flies away, yeah, it flies in the face of the Constitution and Bill of Rights, uh, then we shouldn't do it. Well, the thing is, so the, the, but people are cowards. So many people are terrified of liberty and justice. One of the problems is I, I think it's not entirely unjustified because we have a justice system that is that is highly dysfunctional. I would take dangerous liberty over secure too. slavery I, I, I any day. Too, but a lot of people are too cowardly to accept that. They, they will. So they will. The yeah, well, they district. just need to grow they, a set. They you know, when did Americans get so soft? Because My gosh. I, I don't know. But the break. fact is, that Americans agree. have gotten terribly soft, and they are perfectly willing to sacrifice my liberty along with theirs. Because they're cowards. Well, there are a they, lot of they people out here who aren't going to sacrifice, let me tell but, you. But there's, there's a lot of them that are willing to, and they, and they vote. And mm-hmm. they vote for a bunch of people that are willing to sacrifice your liberty and my liberty and their own liberty because they're too afraid of, of, um, of liberty. And those and, of us who won't sacrifice uh, liberty for the sake of security are not reproducing because we're saying, man, this is not an America that I want uh, children and generation. So we're not producing, and those other people are. So that's, that's why we're and, where and, we and are And they're now. aborting hordes of their own children. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day... We need to actually probably be pushing for greater accountability. The solution to to people committing murder, death penalty. It needs to be pushed hard. Yeah, they don't have those kinds of problems in Singapore. You don't even steal things. If you if you steal something, what do they do? They beat your hand off, or they cut it off with a with a with well, a cane. And, and you remember was it was probably nearly twenty years ago now. The kid keyed a bunch of cars over there in Singapore. I think it was. Yeah, and they, and they beat him with a cane. Right. It it was effective. Yes. That sort of thing, it, it, it works. The hey, fact Paul, is, God about. created us with bodies that feel pain. Pain is a great teacher. That's what's called about, common sense. It is. I, I thought about you. Uh, I helped a guy that needed a job and mm-hmm. uh, and helped him, you know, uh, get transportation and gave him a job and have him looking for a job to get him back in transportation and get him back into mm-hmm. paying taxes instead of costing taxes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, he's behind on his child support, so they canceled his driver's license. Which is and they're going and they're hey, going to breaking put breaking news. Breaking news! It just passed. Oh, really? SB four eleven just passed wow. committee. Hold on. Wow. Right. What was the Good passing? Deal. Was it well, was ten vote? votes? Were there any any Republicans voting against it? It passed. We're getting the information right okay, now. Okay, but it has passed. It's Great. Hot. Thank All you. Right. So it's okay. Hot. So it's going to the so floor. So Josh had to be on the floor of the house tomorrow. Good yeah. deal. At least and you're going to vote for it, right? Yeah. Somebody's something to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of against all the time, huh? It's tough being negative all the time, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, it's not being negative. It's fighting for the principles of freedom. So how do you, how do you hang in there? Because you, you yeah, just made the right. statement. It's really hard to get things done anymore, and yet we have Republican-controlled state government. So, Josh, what is the answer? How, how can we fix our broken state government? Probably, I, I think it... it it starts uh, with leadership. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, legislators come in, they, they look for, uh, you know, someone to, to kind of say, hey, this is the direction that I think we need to go, and, and this is how we need to address our problems. And, um, you know, having effective leadership would be a, a giant 
step in the right direction. Common sense, good, good, just common sense leadership. That's why I have I have sent Josh Miller text messages more than once asking him to run for governor this next election because I know he's a conservative and he just doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He's like I'm going to vote the way I'm, I'm supposed to vote, and regardless of the pressure. And you know we need people like that uh, that don't play politics. I just well, I appreciate that. I don't know. Uh, I'd probably get shot the second or third week of the campaign but uh i don't know nobody shot me and so (laughs) but you know something you bring to the table that i i didn't is you've got years of experience here at the state capitol you know the games that are played you know all the players you know and i think that you you know know, who to trust and who not to trust exactly well there's two rules uh about this building Mm -hmm. i learned uh real early on and that is number one there are no secrets number two people lie Mm-hmm. And uh, you just got to know that, you know, going, going forward. In, huh? And mm-hmm. uh, but but again, I I do I, we do have some good people. Yes, we do here that want to do the right thing, even mm-hmm. even if we sometimes disagree. Again, different. There's every district has different demographics, uh, and if folks would just represent their district, it would. And, and, and not try to represent special interest or other elected folks or whatever in the legislature, then uh, I think we would we'd be able to get a lot more done, a lot more of a timely Thank fashion. Ever, ever represented. Okay. No, we got to make a break. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. Again, as you just heard uh, Jan mention, SB 411 has passed out a committee, and that means it goes to the House floor hopefully tomorrow i know you guys want to get out of here tomorrow so maybe we'll have a vote by the time i come on tomorrow afternoon let's get our final break this hour here on the dave ellswick show remember pi roofing now is into the uh, gutter cleaning business they bought tommy's cleaning services and they're going to give you and provide you with the highest quality gutter cleaning uh, that you can get at a great value just like they give you great Uh, value on roofing and home repairs learn more by just going to their website that's piroofing.com piroofing.com all right again if you missed uh, as we're going into break we have the uh, information now that uh, sb 411 has passed that is the sanctuary cities act that they are looking at that would make sanctuary cities illegal in the state of Arkansas, and it's something that has to be moved on uh, as you watch, uh, you know, cities like uh, Little Rock and others talk about uh, how they want to make it uh, easy for uh, illegals to live uh, here in in our state. Before we get back to talking with R.D. and talking with Paul, talking with Jan, let me remind you that uh, insurance agent Dwayne Smith has his own insurance agency now the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency it is all state driven uh, they're asking that you give them a call at 501-819-0373 that's 501-819-0373 and uh, bring what insurance policies you have whether it's uh, car home uh, 
perhaps you've got uh, an insurance co- uh, policy for your motorcycle, whatever it might be, bring it by. Let the folks there at Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency take a look at it and then take a look at what they have and show you how they can save you money. And uh, they, you know, it could be up, you know, six, eight hundred dollars a year, maybe a little less, maybe even more. But the only way you can find that out is by calling them at 501-819-0373, setting up an appointment, and then meeting them at the office at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. These are the guys that know how to handle Mr. Mayhem. And that is the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. All right, we're down to uh, just a few moments uh, for this hour. Then we'll have one more hour of the power panel. Hopefully, uh, now that Brant Smith has run his bill uh, with Gary Stubblefield in the House committee, he'll drop by and talk with us. Perhaps Senator Stubblefield would come by as well, and we could talk about SB 411. What I'm interested in hearing is if... Uh, they were able to get this through without adding in the amendment that the governor had uh, had requested. Stubblefield seemed like he was okay with putting it in there, but before they started the meeting, what I've kind of understood is that they had decided they weren't going to add more rhetoric and they were just going to get in there and, and, and push on through. Well, one of the problems with adding something is that you have to send it back to the Senate. If they if they amended it at all, and so um, so if they could do it without amending it, well, that's good. And, and that would give the governor another shot at you. Well, there's not it time to pass it if you send it back. It kills well, it this session. Not necessarily. So I was talking to Stephen Meeks about that. He he seemed to think that it it is actually possible to do because they can streamline and, and speed things up and suspend the rules and break the rules and whatever. he didn't say break the rules, but I added that. Part. That's what suspending but, is. Well, and so and, so, uh, and I, it says there are no rules. Well, and, 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 <laughs> in, in my humble opinion, I I I was homeschooled. I didn't know you had read. any opinions that were humble. Well, there. I'm impressed. Well, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know about that, but anyway, so go ahead. So, in my humble opinion, they're breaking the rules all all the time in this in this um, capital because I don't follow some of the constitutional requirements, especially one of them. But uh, and so they do streamline things and they'll, and they'll speed things up, especially during the, toward the end of the session. Sometimes they can really make a bill go fast. Well, yeah, because SB four eleven yesterday evening was dead, and and I was told there's no way this is dead. It's, it's well, not coming can, back in. It. They but, can bring but it back they up. That, to that, do it. that doesn't take any special special rule. Um, stretches, if you will, to, to bring one back up in committee like that. But it takes cooperation if the committee is to make them meet after they've adjourned for the day. That's uh, you know to get everybody. There. Now that's Cozart's committee, isn't so, it? I don't know who the, I can look that up quick. I'm pretty um, sure that's Cozart's committee. So I don't know what it takes. They may have already been planning to meet again today, um, anyway. So so it might not have actually been a problem. Yeah, but if, if, they, it, if they were supposed to meet again today. Then all the the sponsor has to do is request to the chairman. So Lanny Fight is the chair. Oh, Lanny Fight. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Lanny, Lanny stood up and ran. Let yeah. him run he, it he again. He said he was for the bill. So he there was, was there was another concur in um, Senate amendment. So there was at least one other bill that needed to be concurred on, and so maybe they kind of needed to meet just for that bill. I don't know. So sometimes it, it may have been that they were going to meet anyway. I was told that several of the legislators who got phone calls mm-hmm. last night they they were kind meet. of inundated. They wanted to meet. They wanted to get this, this One done. of them was not Hawk, and I would suggest <laughs> anyone who lives in Conway. He's going to have a primary give, opponent. Yeah, call and uh, 
and uh, tell him you're not happy that he... Now, I'm assuming because he said he was going to vote against it when we asked him. Well, he voted no. He voted present yesterday. He's yeah. the reason it failed, he and, and uh, Dalby. So we'll see what happens as far as that's we'll concerned. Because no. we, we don't have the... What now? President is no. Okay, yeah. Is against. Yeah. President is against. If you don't vote yes, you're voting it's, no. It's a non-vote, right. and, and non-votes count as no's in a... Um, when in, you need an X right, amount when, of number. When you're counting the votes, non-votes count as no's. And... But um, so I don't know. I haven't, we haven't seen the actual numbers yet today from this committee. So things could have changed some. And somebody's bringing that to us. So good, we should have it. Good deal. Yeah, so we'll have it. The representative Rye stopped by and talked to us, and he told us that he would. That he was a I think yeah. He was, he was a yes. He was a a yes. firm, firm. But he was yes. But he, he was missing. He, he voted for two years ago. But he was missing yesterday, so he didn't have an opportunity. Yeah, he had a doctor's appointment. Yeah, so he's he's going to have a hip. And if you remember, two years ago. Uh, the establishment up here was saying this this is a, su- a solution looking for a problem. Yeah, because that's we what don't they have. said two years ago. Yeah, well, that's that was what the they same said excuse that ago. the governor used, though, for not signing the bill that passed the House and the Senate uh, that prohibited Sharia law and any other foreign law in our courtrooms across Arkansas. And he said, well, we don't have Sharia. We've not seen Sharia law in any of our courtrooms. And my position on that was, do you get a flu shot before you get the flu or after you get the flu? Good leadership is prohibiting, you know, getting out in front of a, an issue before it becomes a problem. Because once it becomes a problem, it's a lot harder to deal with. With than if you nip it on the in the bud at the outset. Yeah, the bottom line is you get the flu shot before because you know there's a chance that you might get the flu. Well, there's a chance that Sharia law could show up because some because people has, and a some of people have. Well, not only that, but we've had the, the the start of it in some areas here in Arkansas, but mm-hmm. there was not enough money for them to keep going. Right. Well, the reason that became an a memo to all states suggesting that they pass legislation prohibiting foreign law. They didn't specify Sharia. They just said foreign law. And, and the fact that we even have to do that is ridiculous because <laughs> we live by constitutional law. We're, we're a constitutional country. But yeah. but they this National Security Policy Center put this out there because there were already 50 court cases where judges in American courtrooms had allowed Sharia law to trump constitutional law in cases involving Muslims. And that's just that's unacceptable. Those judges should be disbarred. Well, there's a lot of Don't pe- you as a judge take an oath to, to uphold the, the Constitution? Well, they'll say that, that okay. they are upholding the Constitution because they're, they're all about freedom of religion. Yeah, we just need but one world a, order is what Jan, we need. Got, we just need one set of laws for everybody, and it'll be got, a happy place. They've got seconds. a different version of the Constitution, Jan. They've got, the courts have their own version of the Constitution they, that they make up. It's called stare decisis. It's, a, it's precedent that they uphold as if it's law. Tradition. A break, and then we're back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show, third floor, house side, as we continue to uh, keep in touch with what's going on here at the 92nd General Assembly. They're winding it down, but lots of stuff is happening. Stay with us. All right, back with you, third floor, house side, in the Capitol, the Dave Ellswick Show. And I'm going to let Jan be my, my Johnny Pardo. Okay. From now on, she gets to introduce everybody on my show now. Right, Come on down. I, because I, yeah, I'm so excited to introduce this guy. You know how sometimes in a, in a legislative session, there's one person that just stands out for being a bulldog, okay? And and in this case, if you'll remember, constitutional carry passed because why? Because State Representative Brant Smith had the guts to stand up there and push that. And guess what? Now we don't have to worry about sanctuary cities in Arkansas. And why? Because Senator Gary Stubblefield started it. 
But when it failed, Representative Brant Smith stepped up to the plate and pushed it through today. Don't get don't get ahead of yourself. It got to go to the full house now. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to pass, right? We're, it's, it's on its way. Yeah. It's on its way. So, so th- this was a battle though today, getting it back to the table at this last minute because I mean tomorrow the session ends, right? I hope so. So how We're was ready. it? Because I was told last night, this is done. It's toast. Forget it. There's no way this can happen. But it, then no way became, wait, there's a possible way. And then you brought it to the table. How did you do that? Well, there was a lot of texting to my phone last night. And uh, I was I was just kind of worn out. So I told my wife, I said, let's go get, let's drown our sorrows in beef and go eat a big steak. <laughs> and that's what we did. And so uh, when I got back to the apartment, I started looking, and people were telling me, hey, you could have that bill extracted out of Mm -hmm. the committee. Uh, There's ways to do it and bring it right to the floor. I got with our speaker. I really respect uh, our speaker, Matt Shepard, and he said, and Lanny Fite, the chair, Representative Mm -hmm. Lanny Fite, chairing the uh, CCL uh, committee. But they said, why don't we do it the right way? Let's just let the process work, take it back to the committee, Get it out of there and do it, bring it to the floor the right, proper procedural way. And that's, I said, you know what, I'm going to do that. And so that all started last night. But then this morning before 7, maybe, I was getting texts. People were supportive. Mm -hmm. I'll be there for you. I had, I didn't know we were, see, that committee doesn't meet typically on Monday. It was a last-minute call call thing. So a lot of people already had plans and they were Mm -hmm. gone. And uh, so I, I it bothered me, you know, that we just lost by one vote, but we came back today and prevailed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, big time. Yeah. 14 to 5. Vote? 14 to 5. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. And, That's awesome. And, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, I won't mention names, but I had a couple of the Democrat colleagues come up to me and say, I, I don't want you to be mad at me. I appreciate you, mm-hmm. but you know how it is. And I said, yeah, I do. And so... I'm still friendly with the opposition on this bill. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get anywhere if we just always mix it up. But, you know, they came through. The Republicans came through for mm-hmm. me, and that's that's. Did you all thing. have to amend the bill at all? Because I know there was a, there were some no. people wanting it amended. That's no. great. They wanted us to amend it. And the they governor said, wanted well, you to amend it. He had a little I was told, I've not spoken personally with him, and I trusted Gary, uh, Senator Stubblefield, to do this, but... We're going to be able to look at a couple of things that probably will strengthen the bill, not diminish the the, the legal side of it, but we'll do that uh, during the interim. But they wanted to put an amendment in the bill, and they said, we can turn this thing back around within 36 hours. And I said, I don't think we can do it that fast because, you know, once you put an amendment on a bill, it has to go back and, and be read in the house then it's once it's passed off the house floor and goes back through committee and passed off the house floor it's got to go all the way back to the senate so people are come listening back. i've got the, i've got the rundown now i've got the vote uh voting sheet here are the republicans and some of them had skipped out yesterday but they came through for you today and since i called them out yesterday on social media i want to call them out today for doing the right thing by the people Thank here you. are the legislators who voted in favor of the bill prohibiting uh, sanctuary cities in Arkansas. Representative Gary Diffenbach, uh, Representative David, uh, excuse me, Mike Holcomb, uh, Matt Shepard, Jana Delarosa, Justin Boyd, Nelda Speaks, Carolyn Brown, 
Marcus Richmond, Francis Cavanaugh, Johnny Rye, Carol Dalby, Lee Johnson, and Cameron Cooper, and of course Lanny Fight. So those Republicans that we complained about last night came through today, and Republicans are the reason now that we are not going to have to worry about sanctuary city policies in this state. Now it's going to be a matter of enforcing it. Well, and you know the Democrats uh, made a motion or ask about a fiscal impact statement, and uh, we actually provided that. It was a Good you were you. ready for. Oh, we wow. were ready, and I think that's if you if you were watching, there weren't any questions after that. Nope. Right. Because they that was their defense. That's it. And right. it didn't it didn't happen. We were ready. But then uh, the chair ruled that it wasn't necessary anyway. But we went in and I told uh, a couple of my colleagues that worked on this with me. I said, look, I'd rather have it and not need it than mm-hmm. to need, need it, it sure. and not I'll have it. it. Yeah. So, you know, strategy. Uh-huh. And it, it really helped. Good job. Well, you're ending on a good note. That's a very powerful bill and and a very powerful response. Now yes. we just uh, we're expecting this to pass the House easily, right? I think so. Uh, I believe it will be a partisan vote. I mean, it'll be right down party lines. But we we've, we've we've got control of the House. Yes. And what about uh, the governor's signature? Have you heard from the governor? Is he going to sign it? I was told that he would sign the bill. Good. And I'm really proud of him for doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has a lot of influence and a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And I think if he was really opposed to the bill, it would have failed. Mm -hmm. But he didn't intervene. He's he's uh, quoted in the paper as saying, generally, I am supportive. I have requested an amendment. And Gary had said that he would give that amendment, but was not necessary. Yeah. Well, and see... uh, even even the word generally, in this case, he didn't uh, interfere. Good. And, and I appreciate that mm-hmm. so much. Right. Representative Smith, how do you think important, how important is it that people responded? You mentioned that you got a lot of text messages. Other legislators say they got a lot of responses, a lot of phone calls, emails, text messages, letting them know that this bill was important to the people. How big of a role did that play in getting this back to the table today? Well, I had several of the members on the committee and then other House members that are waiting to vote tomorrow, and they came to me and they said, we can't go home to our districts mm-hmm. and not let this get out. Good. We've got to pass it because it's going to be hard to explain. Right. We might be able to explain some of the other bills that we've passed, mm-hmm. but this one, this one, we can't explain why we didn't support this bill. So I think, I don't, I don't run bills and I don't support bills based on is this going to get me reelected or not Mm -hmm. you know I just I run and I vote based on what I really perceive is best for the state of Arkansas but in this case uh, there were there I think this is what pushed people to support it uh, all around the state is they know it's a good bill right it may not be a perfect bill but how many times have we said there are no perfect bills and in the end really each representative here, you're not here to represent your personal view. You're here as a voice for the people in your district, and, and you have to consider the thousands of people who elected you and vote the way your constituency, constituency would expect you to vote based on who you said you were and right. how you would represent right. them. Well, and uh, this last uh, election cycle, I was unopposed, but I still was out beating the bushes. I was still talking to people. Uh, and they like the way I vote. 
Yeah, well, you're a superhero now, well, so I'm, I'm sure you're going to continue to be unopposed. <laughs> my grandson would want me to be Spider-Man then. You're going to go down in history as but the guy Spider-Man that got, doesn't got have a cape, man. A cape is prohibited in Arkansas. Cool but I've got spider webs. So oh, I, you okay, know. you can shoot out webs. That's, that's true. By the way, explain to the listeners, if, a, if cities now start moving towards sanctuary status, what can happen? Well, my understanding is that they can lose some funding. Mm-hmm. So that's why the fiscal impact statement is is actually zero because the state it's not going to cost the state anything we may actually save money because mm-hmm. we're going to withhold funding mm-hmm. and uh, you know there are questions about the constitutionality of the bill but those are threats but that's pretty much what but, the federal government does was it well, the municipal when, leagues that came out against it or, or counties what what organization came out what? against it that was I just put blinders on and, and move forward. I didn't pay attention to all the naysayers. Uh, so how would, how would they actually come uh, come up and say that this is unconstitutional? I mean, that's what the federal government does when when cities or, or, or states decide not to uphold federal law. Supposed to do it until yeah. the courts get involved, and that may be what they're talking well, about. At the heart of this bill, we're actually saying we will cooperate with federal mm-hmm. agents and mm-hmm. laws uh, that are on the books now. And, and that excites me in the fact that these law enforcement officers at the federal and state level know that the people of this state appreciate what they do, and we're, we, we've got their back. If they've got a job to do and there's a criminal illegal here, that we don't need to harbor them. We don't need to uh, place them in our own prison systems for 20 years. We need to box them up and ship them home. Yeah, if you arrest someone who's illegal, they've committed a crime, you're going to notify the proper authorities. Right. And if there's a detainer on that individual, I want local law enforcement to honor that detainer. Hold on to them. That's it. Absolutely. Well, we're we're happy that you're doing this. And go ahead, and I'll let you ask the final question. I was just going to say thank you. You know, the way I was taught about law is uh, county law trumps city law, state law trumps county law, and federal law is supposed to trump state law. If we go by the way the system was designed to work, we wouldn't even have to pass these, but sadly enough, it's needed. True. Well, you know, I was raised to respect law enforcement. If I was ever in trouble, find a policeman. There you go. Absolutely. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah. And we appreciate you. Thanks so much. And we'll be watching tomorrow when this gets to the floor, and I'll be watching that tote board. Thank you very And we'll much. let everybody know how everybody Thanks, votes. Thanks, Dave. Thank all you right. all very much. Thank you much. very much. When we come back, we got to get a break in. Linda Collins is going to come back and join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And I think we'll bring in Kenny Wallace because he does a great service for our Kansans as well uh, by having uh, his camera uh, at these meetings. we got more coming your way here in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We are back on the uh, third floor on the House side. We've uh, been lucky enough to get Linda Collins back with us. Got Kenny Wallace here as well who uh, does an invaluable service by going to Meetings, going to uh, you know House committee meetings, Senate committee meetings, meetings outside the Capitol, all kinds of stuff, just to let people see what's going on, and so that those smoke-filled rooms are not so smoky anymore, and that's a good thing. RD is here, Paul's here, and uh, we won a big one today. We did absolutely. We won a big one today. I uh, SB four eleven uh, passed out of committee today. 
Yesterday it failed by uh, one vote. Today it won 14 to 5. That's that's good. One Republican, uh, I guess, voted present. Uh, and we know why. We won't get into it. We know why. But the bottom line is that uh, he felt that he needed to vote present. The rest of the Republicans on that committee all voted yay. They did. And I was really uh, sat through that meeting. And um, I'll have to tell you, it was a good one. They'd already... They already made their minds up. Some of them were absent yesterday, and some for legitimate reasons. And so we want to make sure we're very cautious when we attack legislators. It's very uh, – sometimes it's just – well, it's just not appropriate because we don't know what happened. And without knowing – for instance, one was at the doctor's office, and another had just stepped out. I mean, there and are Rye reasons. came on, yes. It came yeah. on before he went down to the meeting. Just to, He showed us his doctor's, his doctor's <laughs> excuse. That's right, and I think that's why I caution everyone, especially after being in the legislature, there are a lot of reasons why someone might have voted no that day, and they can even change their mind. Isn't that the sure. wonderful thing? Well, and they might we, just not have been present. Sure, they, they were gone that meeting was called quickly and some of those people didn't even look they don't have meetings on monday evening so they did not realize they were going to have that meeting and you got to remember it's the end of session lots of bills and not lots of time to visit nobody's busy yeah, it was, I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah, it's very chaotic, and and he's teasing everyone. It's that's no, not yes. true. It's the, it's right. really they work very hard. Whether you agree with these legislators on policy or not, uh, they are working hard to fight for what they believe in. And yeah. I give I give credit that we we call people and we find out and ask our legislators to vote uh, a certain way. Or why didn't you vote? Could you tell me? And I think we got to give them that opportunity because if you attack them and you attack. Uh, wrongfully, it will keep them from wanting right. to talk and, to you in the future, and, and, and rightfully so. They're human. Yeah, right. You're, you're right. I, I, I don't want to take away from these legislators. I disagree with a lot of what people do down here, but the fact is a lot of these people, they really do put on a lot of hours during the session yeah. especially. And, and so they're, on top they're, of what else they have to deal with. Right, right. And, so, right. And, and some of them have businesses of their own that they still have to try to keep from going under during the session. And so it's and so there's the fact is that a lot of these people down here, they really do put in a lot of hours. Well, and I was yeah. one of those legislators. I cared. I tried to read my bills. I mean, I would fall asleep at 2 in the morning by the time the session's over because there's more bills on the on the calendar. And I want to say, too, Kenny presented a bill today for with some for someone by the name or a conversation. He had a statement he made for Catherine Hall. Catherine was a, uh, an angel mom. All of you are familiar now with angel moms or angel families, yes. Dave. Yep. And uh, he spoke. He he spoke for her in her absence because the the, the time kept moving on when it was going to be. Yeah, presented. she tried to fly in to, to speak on this, and because of the scheduling issues, she wasn't able to speak her, her own story. And then, of course, debate was limited to five minutes. So the, the original letter I had from her, I had to cut She's short. She's a great lady. Um, but basically, in 2016, her daughter Haley King was uh, was riding with a, another person. She was, I think, 18. I think the driver was the same age. And uh, she was killed by Sergio Rodriguez going 71 in the 35 zone, who never stopped. Uh, she died. The, the driver of the scooter lost uh, the legs. Uh, he was released on bond after two hours. Uh, he's, I think he's eligible to for parole in, I think, 2021, and he's supposed to be deported. Um, but that was just one example. This actually occurred in Fayetteville 2016. I bring that up because uh, Representative Whitaker, the Democrat who probably strongly opposed the bill the most and had actually stopped people from being able to speak after someone had spoken against the bill, and it, and he was just an absolute disgrace. He's actually from Fayetteville. 
um, his behavior was just actually an, an unforgivable because, I mean, he there were people lined up to speak for and against the bill, and after one person had, you know, was given about six and a half minutes to speak against the bill, the usual illegal immigration talkie points, he motioned to basically end debate and a motion for immediate consideration and put pressure on the committee to go ahead and do that, and that was one that failed yesterday. Uh, today, he, he was one of the most vocals for a roll call to try to make sure it had enough votes uh, because, of course, it had passed by voice vote. Um, fortunately, there was, of course, enough votes for it this time. But, uh, yeah, and, and I, I mentioned yesterday some of the people that were absent. I didn't give a reason why. I just said some of these people were here. Some of them were, had gone up and left, and then I didn't, I didn't know reason why they leave a room. Um, but today, I, th- I believe the only one that wasn't there was Representative Hawks, and he had given excuses yesterday as to uh, why he didn't support the bill. Um, uh, he's a Republican from Conway, and then I don't know if, uh, if he, there was another Republican that voted president. Or not. I just took a picture of the roll call and just sent it out to everybody. It's on my Facebook page. Of course, I uh, took videos of this, which I'll edit. Uh, you can see it on you. Keep Arkansas Legal YouTube as well as YouTube. Uh, Gab, is, uh, alternative to Twitter, is where I, I often post information. My Twitter account's Kenny underscore NLR. And then, of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm actually doing a Facebook Live of this. You can't hear the radio, but you can at least hear the other people here talking. Uh, hopefully, they'll have a better system. After we either either deal with Homeland Security or whatever it is to get a broadcast up here next yeah, session. Definitely. But uh, basically, tomorrow this heads to the Arkansas House. Uh, they usually convene at one thirty, And uh, what we'll need to do is just, uh, just contact your House representatives, make sure they vote on this. Uh, mine is Carlton Wing, and he seems to, as far as I can tell, he seems to be supportive of this. He uh, is supportive. I talked to Carlton leaving yesterday. Okay, so this was good. a Senate that 411 passed the Senate today? Yes, it already. To the House? Well, it passed the Senate committee in the Senate oh, last, last week. Committee. And then okay. uh, this this week was the House committee, and now it goes to the full House. Okay. Uh, once it goes there, if it passes the House, the, the governor can either sign it or he can uh, leave it alone, and it'll be passed uh, by signing. If he vetoes it, they'll have to they would have to override his veto. Um, I don't think he wants to do that with all the pressure that's been put on this politically. Uh, this was really done by the people. They they voiced their vote for this uh, because the the powers that be, the the Chamber of Commerce, uh, deep state. Tyson Foods, uh, you know, those type of people, they didn't want this. I'll anyway. let you talk more in just a moment. Okay, right? we're a hard break. we got to get a break and go to the news, and then when we come back, more on this subject. All right, so tomorrow in the first hour, we'll have the governor's spokesman on, J.R. Davis. Second hour, uh, we'll be talking to one of the uh, city council members, and did you, what did you say Hines' first name was, Kenny? Lance Hines. Lance Hines. Okay, so he's going to join us. He'll call in, and we'll talk to him about this uh, uh, Sanctuary City bill because I've been saying for a long time Stodola and his crew were trying to move on to Sanctuary City, and evidently Scott has just picked it up where it was at and continued on with it. So hopefully we'll put an end to this. and. He'll talk about things that are being hid in the budget about this. Yeah, and I have video of the Guatemalan consulate when they were handing these their IDs out to illegals in uh, North Little Rock at a church, uh, I think a few months ago. So it's, it's it's several states, and there's mostly other cities that we just haven't heard about where they've been issuing those. Okay, now I'm going to do something that Jan brought up. I'm going to do an FOIA uh, on the city of Little Rock to find out who has been given these uh, particular... Uh, cards and which of them have voted. We're going to see 
how many illegals have been voting in our elections. I think that's very interesting. I think that's a good thing to do, and not just Little Rock. I think that, but that's the example you're going to use, yeah, though, yeah. right, based on their testimony. Because they're always say, "Oh, they're not going to be able to vote." Well, let's be honest here. In on the West Coast, they've been doing this for a long time now, where no, you don't get to vote in a federal election, supposedly, but you can vote on state elections, local elections county elections, all of those kinds of elections, school board elections, they give them a vote because yeah. it's up to the state. Yeah, and there, exactly. there's, we have policy in place. We have rules in place when it comes time to vote. I say if, that's, if we're having a large issue, then we need to hold our clerks, our county clerks yep. responsible. They are over the voting. They handle it. It's their responsibility, and I'm all for that we clean things up. I want my vote to count, and I don't want some illegal taking my vote away from me. No, it's whatever I get, I'll turn it over to John Thurston. Very good. Yeah, I'll be giving it to him. It's up to him to keep elections uh, the way they're supposed to be here in the state of Arkansas. We got the right guy in that job. Yep. Yes, he a, is the right man. He's a great guy. That's wonderful. And, you know, on policy of this piece of legislation in the fall of last year, our, of Judiciary as chair, we brought in Catherine Hall that, that Kenny uh, spoke for today here in the House Committee at City County Local. And, um, because we found out a lot of information, there's no standard uh, way that you handle illegals across from city to city, town, county to county. And we asked all of the right people. We called different across the state, and nothing's the same. And so the only people that arrested the same statewide was the state troopers. And they do they handle their statewide, though. So right. this is important that this policy be passed. You can't enforce uh, state and federal laws if if from town to town they're all different and so we have to be able to make sure that we're uniform across the state and we know how to handle those arrests and to keep the people safe of arkansas we have a huge illegal you know alien issue here and we can uh, make sure that our elected in those cities are upholding the law instead of breaking it by harboring illegals and i think that's a very important uh, thing to keep in mind. We don't want to harbor illegals. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it, it's been an issue that has been hidden from the people. And the uh, elected officials have done that willingly. Exactly. Kenny, along you bureauc- know that. Uh, along with the bureaucracy, uh, one of the things they mentioned yesterday is they claim that illegal aliens don't collect, uh, I think it was Medicare, Medicaid, or medical benefits. And, uh, and unfortunately, they didn't get the chance to because they kind of narrowed it down to the bill. But uh, what illegals do is they either get a so- fake Social Security number or a tax ID number or a bureaucrat basically looks the other way. And one example of that, in 2011, the IRS sent a total of $46 million in refunds to unauthorized workers at one address in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, this was done by the Treasury Inspector General, uh, and this is basically 23,994 tax payouts, so those the refunds. <laughs> and, of course, what they do is often they say, well, illegals pay taxes and they don't get benefits. That is, that is absolute lies. Well, uh, they school. Yeah, and exactly. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. During when they bragged about uh, passing in-state tuition for illegals here, uh, okay. one of the things they t- claimed is that we knowledge. we invested our money in it. They claimed that Arkansans invested money in a, into these kids. Well, they weren't supposed. That's not an investment. Our tax funds were stolen and illegally sent to, uh, to pay for children. Uh, exactly right. Of illegal aliens who people shouldn't be it's here. It's a theft-funded welfare program that's being yeah, given, exactly. given that, to people who. It's a bad program anyway, but then give it to people who are here illegally. Legally, is it's just kind of a, a double slap in the face. And, and what about and what about housing? 
How many of you know that they stay? You can drive by sometimes, and someone they, says that's racial profiling. They, they, but if you happen to know that they are not here legally, you can, you can. We have to ask if low, uh, low rent housing is it offered to illegals? Uh, that's right. The so, subsidized because yeah. that, and I, that's what I'm saying. I believe that it may be, and I would like to know the answer to that because you know that there was there's people receiving benefits from here. It wouldn't be so positive for them to come here why would they come here and not want to be americans and pay their share of taxes that's what bothers me i think more than anything is that we want to make sure that that the people of arkansas and the people of america are taken care of with our tax dollars first exactly uh when when another thing brought up uh, again with the state tuition of illegals bill so a few of them that were speaking for it uh were asked have you made an effort to you know become naturalized or legalized and some admitted that they didn't fortunately thanks to pressure what a big surprise yeah Yeah. thanks to activists like us we are at least able to amend that bill uh to at least not allow illegal aliens daca is is it will be given in-state tuition, so we have to hope that uh, on the federal court level that DACA is eventually thrown out for its un- for being unconstitutional. Yeah, because DACA students, DACA people, if you will, are are still here illegally. They're, they're not. They're not. They're yeah, not legally. It's only an inter- reinterpretation of the Supreme Court. Same, same thing with anchor babies and, and all you, other things. And you know, I know people in the state of Arkansas that have come to this country and have come to this state and wanted to be citizens and done it the right way. Right. I know a Ru- I know a Russian person. I know uh, uh, several families from Vietnam, families from Korea. They came here. They wanted to assimilate. They wanted to pay taxes. They wanted to be part of this country. They wanted to join the military, and they did it the correct way. And now they are legal citizens participating in the greatest country there is. But there's other people that have been here for 15 and 20 20 years that have made no efforts to follow the law that exists to do it. What a slap in the face to those people that want to be Americans. That's exactly right. These people did it right. They pay their taxes. You get other people that are making money, sending it all home to other countries that don't pay their fair share. And and it's not right. You won't go to another country and then allow you to do that? No. You would not. That will not happen there. And I know some people from Afghanistan that moved here about 50 years ago. And it was the great before before they fled. They fled for their lives, by the way, because it was taken over by the Taliban back then. And they're Americans and they're so proud to be here. I mean, they are so proud and they did it the right way. I took them seven years to get their citizenship. I was in the basement at the cafeteria here back in either the House or the Senate, and I can tell you that I met some people that we were going through the line of the buffet together, and they said, we just got our citizenship together. So I tell, I yell it to the host, listen, everybody, and we cheered for them. They worked hard to become citizens. They wanted to be Americans, and I think that's the right way we do it. And again, I know that we're talking about this specific piece of policy and legislation, and I do hope that it passes the full body tomorrow, because I think that together, the state of Arkansas, we have to work together united to make sure we're safe. And and it's very concerning the amount of numbers to not be a border state, Dave Ellswick. We are, um, Pew Report says we're like at the top per capita for illegal aid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? BB was all about that. He he did what he could to make us, uh, you know, uh, an area that illegals would want to come to because while Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, and even uh, Missouri and Kansas were tightening their laws, 
we were loosening ours and you know it's like water it goes the path of least resistance and there's there was a less resistant for you know the law uh here in the state and bb knew they were coming yeah. And they came. Oh, yeah. Now we have another caravan that's on the way. Uh, oftentimes what they do is they get on the bus system. And, uh, of course, the, the buses from El Paso, wherever they cross over, and they go all over the state. But um, I, I filmed before, I think a few years ago, for Little Rock where uh, a, a busload of them was, was getting dropped off. And I've seen other videos of the same thing where they, they just get on the buses and they're dropped off. And there's this network of... You know, leftist activist groups, you know, fake Christian groups, uh, the and of course government officials who you know put them in the so-called shadows. So that's really just uh, a word for the corruption that keeps them here, uh, and, and then allows them to commit multiple crimes. Oftentimes, you know, they don't get driver's licenses. They get you know, put into the school system. They get put it and they sign up for WIC and everything else in this backdoor ways in which it's done. And it is it is destroying the state and destroying this nation. It's a system that can't exist. It doesn't exist anywhere else. There's, you can't go to Mexico and break their law, immigration laws and stay there for so many years and then try to get your kid in the in-state tuition or anything like that. Um, and, yeah, Ken Yang, whose parents immigrated from China, he, he testified. Uh, He's great. Yes, he did. Of course, I'm the son of an immigrant myself. Most most people are, you know, in some way, shape, or form the sons of immigrants. But we know the damage between immigration, illegal, and illegal aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the fraudulent studies that was mentioned is often used to justify illegal immigration is a Wynn-Rockefeller study. And when that study came out, almost everybody refuted it for the the fact that it was, in fact, a mixture. It deliberately mixed legal immigrants with illegal aliens. Uh, If you go to groups like FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform, Numbers USA, uh, remember 1986, and other groups, they actually have the facts and they break down uh, how immigration and illegal aliens Immigration, you know, you know what they, how they cause, what effects they have on the country. Yeah, I, I go to Washington D.C. yearly for a fair, and they have hold their feet to the fire, and I show up there for three days, and that's all we talk about. And we have uh, folks from the border to, be, to meet with us, ICE, and they tell the true story of what's going on the border. We've we've been talking about the problem on the border for years. And uh, everybody else has been kind of burying it, and it's starting to come out more and more now, and people are beginning to see the results of that. It's not good. It costs this state millions of dollars with uh, illegal. Of course, and lives, and of course, in the narcotics. Most of the narcotics doesn't come come across by truck uh, from the border that needs to be that needs to be shut down. Uh, I'm glad Trump is actually speaking about closing trade with the narco state with Mexico because that is not trade with a country uh, with with companies in a country. That's not free trade or anything of the such. Uh, That is a you know. That is a you know you're trading with crony capitalists in a narco state, and for every truck that's you know maybe having a legitimate product, you're going to have you know so many others that are going to have fentanyl or heroin or cocaine or, or you know human trafficking, uh, and so but some of it also does come across the open border, which is why we do need the wall. I'd, I'd rather blow the bridges that connect us with the narco state of you know El Chapo land than than you know build the wall but i honestly we need both uh al chapo even admitted that he bought off the president and most of the politicians in that in, in that so-called country years ago and, and i mean this is and it's just laziness and cowardice I, I am actually proud if you watch the series narcos and narcos mexico you kind of see the kind of the timeline of what happens and thankfully colombia actually made an effort to fight against guys like pablo escobar and the colleague hotel they had uh, politicians like Lorca and general serrano these are you know real heroes who you know fought to save their countries instead of just saying you know 
basically be a piece of cardboard that says Norte on it. That's that's what most of the Mexican politicians have been. They've been absolute cowards, and it's really sad. Uh, you know, it, you know the Hispanic community. They need to they need to just you know rise up and and stop this corruption. I know there's one town in Mexico called I think Sharan where they just basically succeeded from the from the so called country because it was so bad there. They, somehow they got their hands on guns. And they basically said, no, no politicians, none of the parties, none of the cartels. We're just, we're just not going to be part of this. And so far, they've, I think they had one murder in seven years, and that was a, one of their militia members that had gotten a shootout. And other than that, they've been, which is very successful. Yeah, I was talking to somebody from Mexico the other day, and they said that they fear the government and the police more than they fear the drug dealers. Well, it's one and the same. It's pretty much all yeah. it is. And because they have very strict gun laws, uh, uh, you know the citizens are allowed to own firearms. They can't defend themselves against the corrupt police, and so it's it's been sadly it's been that way for a long time. And um, you know we really do need the force reform in these countries. You know you know we talk about Venezuela, uh, where they they elected a communist Hugo Chavez, and then Maduro, and then what's the guy named Maduro? Maduro. And they finally have elected a Democrat, uh, you know, someone who at least wants to do some reform. And we understand that, you know, the, the solution is not to just, you know, put a, get boats of Venezuelans over here, but to reform their country. Uh, we need to demand that in Mexico, my mom's country, if Nicaragua is the same way, Daniel Ortega is a communist dictator. Uh, what they do is they and the, the billionaires, they'll get the, the crony capitalists, they'll get walled areas in the community, and then they'll have guys with guns at, uh, and then patrol the walls, and everyone else is basically left to, to, to rot and die. <laughs> to, to, to make their own way. All right, let's take a last break, and we'll come back and wrap it up this hour. The Bible Guy's coming up in the next hour. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, third floor on the House side. I know it sounds kind of an oxymoron that we're in the state capitol and we're bringing religious people in. But Uh-oh. No, it's a good just, thing. Just hang with Someone might get triggered. Just making fun, Linda. we got more coming our way in a moment. Okay, so now um, let me ask Zach a question here. He's my sports fanatic. Which cowboy was it mm-hmm. that was running towards the goal line and dropped the ball short of the goal line and went in and started celebrating because he thought he scored a touchdown? Mm-hmm. Was that Jet that did that? I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. Yeah, he dropped the ball before he crossed the goal line. I know what you're talking about. So let's, not, let's not do that yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I want you to call your state representative t- uh, today and tell them to vote. Four, Senate Bill 411. Let's not spike the ball before we get across the goal That's line. That's a great exactly. analogy. That's a you fantastic know, I mean, one. you can do that. I mean, Don't we're be an talking Auburn here. basketball fan. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, but yeah, bottom line, we, we cel- were pre-celebration about fails. If you type in YouTube, you'll see examples. You know, everybody's are- everybody's going crazy because we got it out of committee. That we haven't got it off the floor yet. Passed. Well, I've sent messages to three house. I know members, you have. We got so the far, same ones. But so far, only one of them has texted me back. So we're okay. not we're not going to. Give it to chance. I also want to say, don't be the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> don't be them as well. Yeah, don't be way ahead, <laughs> and then uh, you know, you know how it goes. We just want you to call your elected official and tell them support. Tell your your, uh, elected official support SB 411. Share on Facebook all the information you've been seeing about this so that it gets all across the state and that everybody needs to let their state officials know to vote for SB 411. And be respectful. Yeah, be it, nice. Be, be respectful. It, we, we will be checking. you call your legislators or contact them, be respectful. They get they get a lot of get a lot of mail sometimes. Sometimes they get uh, people. I found being, out a long time ago you get more 
with sugar than vinegar. Is, uh, t- <laughs> or honey. Is, <laughs> Same yeah. is, is telling your official that Hillary and Bill, Bill would be proud of them, is that disrespectful, Paul? <laughs> that uh-huh. probably is. It's, a, <laughs> it's an interesting way of putting it. depends on who your representative is. If, well, if, they're if, Republican. If, if you're, <laughs> well, the fact is that Bill Clinton, with his policies here in Arkansas, would probably qualify as quite conservative on, on a fiscal level, on the economic scale. Compared right. to a lot of the Republicans today, because look at the look at the um, the revenue that they had back then. Yeah, compared, and, he didn't grow government near as much as we've done. Well, recent, I mean, since, uh, so. he, he, well, he didn't have a government nearly as big at that time. What was it about? Maybe one sixth or one seventh the size of what it is now when Bill Clinton was here, and and government was probably too big then, and yet government is it's probably almost ten times the size now that it was. It, when Clinton was here. It's four times the size at least, yeah. but I look well, I at a percentage of growth as a good way to look at well, it. I, I, percentage yeah, of growth. it's going to grow again this session, but there's no <laughs> doubt can, about that. Well, and, and so, if, from what Dave has told me, back when, when Huckabee was in office, it was it had just crossed the $1 billion mark. That's exactly right. So now we're, we're at 5.7 Right, so we're, 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 we're 570% bigger, if you will, and you know, my properties have not gone up in value by 570% Mm-mm. since that time. You know, I bought Nobody's a, gotten that raise or anything. You know, I, bought, I bought a government. piece of property probably back in 2001 or so, and I'm quite sure it has not gone up in value by even 50%, Mm-mm. much less 570%. Mm-mm. And I'll do better. And so the um, <laughs> so I, I, I failed to see how government has, has justified its existence to be this gigantic. I ask this question all the time. All right. Government has grown exponentially since 2000. Are you getting more for that growth? And if you're not, why are we paying so much? I'm getting more government, but I know I don't know that I'm getting. Uh, but I'm is it getting, working I, for I, you? Education. I, I'm not, I'm That's not all. Getting, I'm is it not working getting a better you? life out of it? I don't there you think. go. Education has improved. Has, that has much. my life improved? Has my liberty improved? Have they nope. defended my rights better? No, I don't think. Not the, no, somebody not needs to that. run on that particular campaign trail. Why? We need mul- we're going to need multiple people to do that, especially during the Republican primaries that come up. I believe in March, and they moved it to March. Yeah, November, you have to have already put your hat, hat in the ring, and then in March is the primary for 2020. And then we're going to need to vote out some Democrats in the upcoming uh, session uh, More to, on, a, on multiple levels and a national, state, and local level. Uh, so we're do- gaining. We're gaining on uh, the quorum courts. By the way, I I was talking yep. to somebody about that, and I was happy with we're what probably I probably got to vote against the v- campaign against the highway tax increase that they that they push through here in the ballot and much other stuff. But yeah, it's it's going to be a long road. But we've had a good day. We just need to keep on going. You got it. All right. Thank, thank you, Kenny, for coming by. Thank Rd, you. thank you for coming by. Come by. See you in the morning. And uh, Paul. Yes, sir. I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. Hopefully it's the last day we have to look at each other every day, all right? <laughs> all right, let's take a break. We'll be back to the house in just a moment as we have the Bible guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back on the third floor outside 
The Bible guys have arrived. They are here. They've been here for a while. I've seen them kind of walking around and stuff, but I figured they were over to the side, just like a little area where you could eat lunch or something. I figured you guys were sitting at one of those little tables over there and flapping your lips at each other. No food. No. No, I know there's no food. You know what was really <laughs> bad today? I went by the machine. There's no candy in the machine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They've wiped it out. They haven't restocked because they think that tomorrow's going to be the last day. day yeah. so, so what's your favorite... Uh, Guilty pleasure, Milky Way. Milky Way. I love Milky Ways. Mm-hmm. They're good. I don't. You know, I like nuts, but I'm really not into having nuts in my candy. What about fruit? Uh, like fruit. Raisin. I like fruit. Oh, raisins, dude. Yeah. You know, chunkies. I love chunkies. Chunkies. You know, know what chunkies the, is. You know. Oh it's wow. That this is an age thing. <laughs> chunkies were big when I was a kid. It was a real big. Can you get them now? Yeah. Oh, you can. You go to like a, you go to Cracker Barrel and stuff like that. You'll see them. They're square. They're about. That size, uh-huh. you can't see it because I'm, you know, on radio. <laughs> about four inches by four inches, about four by four, and it comes in four pieces, and it's about mm, inch and a quarter thick, yeah. and it's all chocolate, and then it has raisins and cashews in it. Oh, and it's good. That's, a, that's exciting. It's so, good. I like, like it a lot. My favorite though is Toblerone. Toblerone, yeah, I love yeah, Toblerone. Italian, yeah, well, that's good stuff. It is good stuff. It yeah. really is. Excellent. Might have to step out here in just a second. Call this early. Now that you don't and I like that it up. that it comes in triangles. Mm-hmm. No, it's just you fun, know? isn't it? You yeah, know? an equilateral triangle at that. Yeah, for sure. All right, Linda has a question for you guys. Okay. I'm, I'm not even. I'm going to get into the question because we got like seven of them. Excellent. Okay, All right. wonderful. I heard a rabbi a week or two ago say the Christian interpretation of the Passover is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it is not a sin sacrifice, and Christians mistakenly claim Jesus took away sins as that sacrifice, which he which he was impossible. I, not, I think that she's trying to say that Jesus took away our sins and, as the sacrifice, which he made possible. So I looked up his references in Leviticus, mm-hmm. and he is right. It does not call it a sin sacrifice, but a peace one. He said this was evidence the entire claim of Jesus being Messiah is invalid, which I disagree about. But this does seem to be a big contradiction to say he took away our sins at that sacrifice if God says this sacrifice has nothing to do with removing sin. Can you please explain this? Well, well, you know, um, you probably need to come to a church service uh, where we have about— uh, you know, at least 45 minutes to discuss this particular uh, topic. That's pretty uh, wide and deep. Um, it's it's true. The every every sacrifice had a purpose, uh, and the Passover uh, sacrifice did uh, create. You have to remember. The, if you remember the the original Passover was executed before there was a law in place. So there was no, right. there was no law. There was no sacrificial system at all when the original Passover was first offered. So it is it is a true it is a peace sacrifice in that sense being peace with who? Who are we making peace with? Making peace with uh, God. But because it predates the sacrificial system, you have to look at it differently than just a regular Levitical and it was institutionalized, of course, but you have to look at it in a different uh, a different light. Um, before I go on, do you want to jump in here, Billy, and say anything? No, no, that was exactly where I was headed. Um, the Passover, and we talk about the difference between um, Passover and Yom Kippur, whether mm-hmm. we're talking about um, 
personal um, forgiveness and national forgiveness. And I'm sure that if I were to go find this rabbi who's speaking, he's going to focus on that national redemption mm-hmm. and skip this personal redemption altogether. Right. And so Passover itself is going to do what? It's going to make it personal. So you have everybody who takes a lamb into their own into their own home. This becomes a very personal thing that you do. And also what it's going to do is it's going to be a, a celebration or a sacrifice that causes deliverance and deliverance and protection from death, from the angel of death and from that which would cause uh, you to, to pass. So it does become a personal uh, peace offering unto God that creates peace and deliverance for you. The whole idea of Yom Kippur, which is Rabbi would point out, Yom Kippur being the time where you would have the atonement for the sins of the nation. As a matter of fact, they would sacrifice 70 bulls at Passover, or at uh, Yom Kippur because it was national um, sacrifice that was done. But Jesus actually did that as well. The Bible tells us that after he, when he passed away, while he, before he rose from the dead, he actually ascended into, into the heavenly tabernacle, the Bible says, and he went and he placed his blood upon the, um, the heavenly uh, holy of holies, which is what you did for the, uh, the um, Yom Kippur sacrifice. So it's too, too large of a topic to discuss right here, but actually Jesus becomes every single sacrifice Absolutely. necessary. He is the red heifer sacrifice. And, for example, really quickly, um, why did Jesus fall down uh, with the cross before he got outside the gates of Jerusalem? Well, because in order for him to be the red heifer sacrifice, according to uh, the law of God, the red heifer had to be brought into Jerusalem, had to be examined for four days. After it was examined, it was to be led out of the city to the hill where it was sacrificed. But if the red heifer sacrifice carried a burden on its back outside the city gates, it was disqualified from being the, the sacrifice. So the whole reason why Jesus didn't carry his cross outside the gates was not because he was too weak to carry the cross. I think he deliberately threw himself on the ground, refusing to carry it, yep. and they got somebody else to carry it for him. So he could, so he could be the red half for sacrifice. So, that would have been where Simon and Cyrene came in. Absolutely. Too. So right. ask the question: Why in the world do they pull this guy out, telling us his nationality, his name? Why so many details? Because at that moment, Jesus was stepping into be, becoming the red heifer. So he was every sacrifice: the dove sacrifice, the bull sacrifice, the goat sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice. He he was everything. Well, this is where it comes back to what you talk about all the time, and Steve and, and Billy does it as well. All of Christ's life is in accordance with Jewish law. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Jewish uh, festivals mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. It all fits together hand in glove. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we just this past, uh, you know, we mentioned, I think we talked about this last week, you know, um, you know we celebrated the... Um, the new year uh, this past Friday. Um, and so much of what we have was given to us has been actually stolen away, mm-hmm. unfortunately, by religion. Now the, all, all the religious world puts all their f- focus on January or December 31, December, January 1st as being the new year. Right. That means nothing in the economy of God. The Bible tells us when the new year is, and it's not then. It was a Pope Gregory in the 15th century who said that's when you're going to celebrate the new year. End of story. They said you're not going to celebrate Passover anymore. We're going to give you Easter instead. We're not, and they just went down the list and started replacing everything that God originally gave us for the sake of religion. Well, it's like, for instance, I think it's during trumpets that you mentioned uh, that is when Christ said that you know he was the water. He's the living water. That was right? a Sukkot. 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 Yeah, or okay. tabernacles. Yeah. Yeah, tabernacles, mm-hmm. and he was in front of 
a lot of people you know, whole, when he yelled this out. It right. was a pilgrimage, pilgrimage feast, which means all if you were a Jew and you were a male, you were there. You were there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Temple Mount... And they knew what that festival was about, and absolutely. for him placing himself in it gave that festival all kinds of credit absolutely. at that point. Absolutely. Everything he said, everything he did, he said, I don't do anything unless I see my father. There do you it. go. Right. So everything he did was purposeful. Ask yourself the question, what was the very first... Um, from when you come to the, to, to the children of Israel, the first thing that happened was they were they had a uh, they were there was a sacrifice of that Passover lamb that set them free out of darkness mm-hmm. and put them into light. And you know the Bible says this that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You know many people when they talk about Adam and Eve and they see them being put out of the garden, they see them going out with like a deer skin on. Yeah, I think they went out with a lamb skin. Yeah. That, when they left the garden, sense. they were wearing white lamb's wool because he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb that got the first Adam free, the lamb that got Moses free, the lamb that gets us free. Covered it's a, in the blood of the lamb. That's huh? a, it's a contiguous story. And if you just see him going out from this cartoon picture of wearing a, a, a deer skin, you miss the whole point. What does it mean, lamb from the foundation of the world? That was what was sacrificed to set Adam free. Interesting. And so, um, no. There, every sacrifice has a purpose, and Jesus is all of them, and indeed the Passover right. lamb as well. All right, we got 17 after. Let's move on to the next question. I'm wondering what the Bible guys think about the Nephilim. Is oh, that right? The Nephilim. <laughs> the Nephilim. Okay. I'm going to let Billy walk Who on this one. Who or uh, what do you think these beings were according to the Genesis 6 story? Okay. I also want to ask Mr. Dave if he thought that Bibi was going to win the election in Israel today, and of course I felt that he would, and he did. Yeah. He is now the longest-serving prime minister in the history of Israel. Right. So that's, that, that's cool. a major thing. And you know what else? Just a little side note here. He is the first and only Sabra to ever serve as prime minister. And a Sabra is a person who is of... uh, He was the first native-born Israeli. All the other prime ministers and presidents of Israel were born in another country and brought to Israel. But he's the first one born in the land and raised in the land. So I think that's significant. I was watching a movie the other day that dealt with Entebbe. All right. For people who can know history a little bit about the raid at Entebbe that the Israelis pulled off. Right. Shocked the world. They did it. Saved a bunch of Jewish people uh, in uh, in the country of of Ethiopia when Idi Amin was the the president there who did not like the Jews. Mm -hmm. And uh, it goes on. But I thought that I heard them say either that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had a brother. That's correct, brother. brother. That was at that raid. He died there. He, he, died. he was the one who was killed yep. in the raid. He's the mm-hmm. only one that perished, I think in so. fact. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting that, uh, uh, you know, it was just fun to watch that because uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who are the two big uh, uh, prime ministers. Uh, one was killed here not too long ago. Yitzhak Rabin. He was Rabin. assassinated, yeah. He was... He was uh, was he the head of the of the military at that? He was point? the head of the Haganah when uh, when the uh, when the War of Independence was going on, nineteen forty eight. Okay, yeah, yeah. If, I'm, right. if, I'm, if I'm correct, I believe that's. But the it, case, it's yeah. funny if you watch that movie, mm-hmm. listen to the names, and and the place that those men fit in in the right. history of Israel. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really amazing. It is amazing. Here's one of the things I find so amazing about Israel is because as a reborn country, it is still so young, 
Uh, part of the problem that we have as a country is that we don't value what our forefathers had to do to build this country. They are still one generation connected, um, yeah. by and large, to the rebirth of that nation. Forty-eight. Um, they uh, they they don't have this long drawn out distance where they've forgotten what it cost them to get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's they have a lot more passion, uh, I think, for doing the right thing. Uh, we get. <laughs> I was I was talking to someone just not yesterday, day before yesterday, who was upset about something that I wanted to get upset with them and then realized what you're getting upset about is completely trivial. You know, yeah. um, there, there are some things we should be getting upset about in the world, but that's not it. Um, now, don't get me wrong. They, they've got their problems, too. Um, of course. But it, I, I find it very interesting that they're still so connected to those roots that um, they are still a, a very passionate sort of people about maintaining who they are. You know, the uh, the city of Tel Aviv, have you ever seen pictures of Tel Aviv before? Yeah. It, it looks like, I mean, it's just like, like Dallas, just yeah. massive buildings. And my last tour guy, when I was in Israel, uh, he moved there when he was like a three years old. His, his, his dad walked from Russia to get there. Yeah. His dad was an engineer in Russia, and his dad is the one who built the um, the uh, aqueduct system in Tel Aviv. He said when he was a little boy, Tel Aviv was 70 tents. Yeah. And here he is now, a grandfather, but you've got the city of Dallas there. You look at what can happen when the Jewish people get back in the Robert land. Steinbach. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's a legal professor comes on my show. His father walked from Russia. Really? To Israel. Mm-hmm. And really interesting to hear his story about all of that. All right, when we come back, Genesis 6 is where we'll sit, and Billy will take us there when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so, Billy, we got five minutes for you to do us uh, a, a primer complete, on the an exegesis <laughs> on Chapter 6 of Genesis. Ooh, wow. so, um, so there are two prevailing theories. Let's start with that. Um, one is that the uh, Nephilim are giants, the sons of... Um, angels are the children of angels and human mix. Uh, and the other side of that is that this is a um, line that is mixed from the righteous descendants uh, on the righteous side and the not-so-righteous, the unrighteous uh, daughters of men. Um, but they're not rock people. They are not, not rock, rock people. people. They are not rock like, people. Like the movie you saw, they Noah. Matter of <laughs> fact, Dave's been watching movies again. <laughs> please, please base none of your theology on that movie. Uh, I, unfortunately, terrible. I had some questions that came from it, so I had to sit through it. It's but terrible. it was horrible. Oh, now, it was, yeah. um, so then, the biggest the problem we get here is that the word Nephilim is by and large translated into English as the word giants, and, and you got people running around talking about finding forty and fifty meter tall. Like you're talking. About 150 tall of foot tall skeletons. That's not happening, folks. Um, no one could could hide a 150 foot skeleton anywhere in the world that it was found. <laughs> Sorry, just not going to happen. Um, but the question becomes: Are we dealing with um, are we dealing with a, a, a mix of people and angelic beings, or are we dealing with um, holiness and unholiness being mixed? Now, for the longest time, I came down on the former side of that. Um, I believed that. And it was actually Steve who challenged me on that. And um, there, it, you create a problem when you talk about the potential for mixing angelic and human flesh. We end up with the potential to mix just about anything. Um, and we, if you, we end up in that position, then we also open the door for evolution. Um, now, there is no um, good way to say that these are 
are giants, uh, extremely tall individuals. We know there are giants in the Bible. The Bible does talk about people who were giants. Um, we can talk about Goliath. Goliath, Goliath uh, yeah. But Goliath, I think, um, historically we now know he was around 6'10 to 7'2 or something like that. I mean, I stand six foot four. Uh, I probably would not have looked at him and gone giant. But if your average height in your country is five four, you look at him and go, "That dude's big." I um, look at him and said, "NBA." Right. I mean, don't we right. have don't we have people that are that today are are you know close to eight feet tall, even seven? I think the tallest man is what like seven the, ten, seven yeah. eleven, something like that. The tallest man in history um, died when he was twenty three, suffering from gigantism, yeah. and I think gigantism. he was just over fifteen foot tall. So don't get me wrong. He was ridiculously tall, but um, that um, that chromosome uh, issue that causes that also causes you to age out very quickly. You just yep. you age out of the system, um, and this is the the problem. And I'm really taking a left turn here. This is really the problem with um, evolution as a whole. Those things that produce um, a a, tw- a tweak in the genetic code of a being generally also render that creature unable to reproduce and or kill it very young. Yeah. So it's a whole non-starter. But um, it is much more likely that we're, what we're talking about here, um, it, and, and there's, there's a big clue when it says that after the world had been destroyed by the flood, that you still had Nephilim in the land. Um, if the Nephilim are still there, then this is not some angelic mixing that was created before the flood and then wiped out before the flood, or else you don't have the opportunity for them to be there. However, if we're talking about a um, a mixing of uh, the righteous line coming down from Adam, Adam and Eve and then um, the children of Cain, when these lines get mixed back in, so you've got the Seth line and, and the, the line of Cain being mixed, those were supposed to stay apart from one another. Mm-hmm. But if they mixed, by the time you get to Noah, uh, Noah not only brought himself and his sons, but he brought his sons' wives as well. So they would have also come from that mixed land, if you will, that, that mixed heritage. So you immediately have the same problem when you come um, into the first generations after Noah. So we're really talking about individuals who are not from the holy line that God intended to exist at that time. All right. How's that? That's a pretty good answer. Mm-hmm. And time for us to go to the news. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Easter. Easter is a week from Sunday. So uh, we will talk about that as well as we continue with the Bible Guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Third floor, house side in the state capitol, Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow should be the end, hopefully, of the uh, General Assembly. Could go another day, but... We're hoping that tomorrow will be the last day we've got to haul up all of our equipment and set it up and, and do the show. All right, Pastor, here's your question. Rachel asks, I've heard Pastor Scott say that we are not supposed to celebrate Easter anymore and that Passover is what we should be celebrating. So I was wondering if that means that we shouldn't do anything at all on Easter like we used to. I will be listening. Okay. Well, um, I guess that uh, part of the question would be, um, I don't know what you used to do, um, <laughs> so I'm not really sure what what you used to do, so I can't answer specifics there. But if what you used to do is um, celebrate the resurrection of the Messiah with um, bunny rabbits and uh, chicks and Died eggs. eggs and things, then I would say, no, you shouldn't be doing any of that because none of that is biblical. Um and it's thoroughly pagan, all of it. Um, but should you be celebrating Passover? Well, let me ask you the question. Did Jesus celebrate Passover? <laughs> uh, yes. Are you a follower of Jesus? Yes. 
So, um, so then the answer to the question is yes. You should celebrate. Um, you should celebrate Passover, and but you know, are there any are there any elements of um, Easter that are redeemable? And I always ask that question because always some things pull over things that are redeemable. For example, uh, a part of the Easter celebration is celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. You should you should live that every day. Right. So that's a redeemable quality within it. But all the trappings that have been put on it, and particularly the pagan trappings, should be thrown away. There's a verse of Scripture that says that when you go into the land that the Lord's given you, you shall not worship Yahweh, you shall not worship God in the way that the pagans worship their gods. And the Babylonian fertility goddess Ishtar was worshipped in a certain way, and it dealt with uh, eggs, it dealt with dying of eggs, it dealt with um, uh, the rabbits, it dealt with eating ham, it dealt with all these things at this particular time. So none of these things should have any any relationship to your celebration. I mean, think about it. I mean, has anybody ever stopped and thought, what in the world does a, 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 a does a gender conflicted rabbit? I mean, is a, a boy rabbit named Peter and he lays eggs? Yeah. I mean, so a boy rabbit laying eggs. I mean, what what at what point do you stop and say, you know, what, what does this have to do with Jesus being raised from the dead? Most people don't even think that. We right. should question it. But then when you look at what Passover is about, let me give you a quick little synopsis here. At Passover, one thing we do is we start off with a bag. It's a white bag. It's white. It's purity, of course. It's one piece of material in three compartments. So you get the imagery here? Pure, one, and three. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Dave is good. It has three compartments in Quick it. Quick learner. <laughs> you, open the, you open it up, and each compartment is a piece of bread. The bread is unleavened. The Bible tells us that leaven is a symbol of sin. The bread is all unleavened. You pull out the middle piece. The middle piece is unleavened. It's striped, and it's pierced. Do we know anybody who was one in three that's unleavened, that was pierced and striped? Yeah. Then the, then the bread is broken. Anybody know anybody who is broken for you? Then half of it goes back in the bag and put aside and never used again. The other half stays out. Then that piece that was striped, pierced, broken is now wrapped in a white linen cloth and buried in the house. At the end of the meal, that piece of bread is resurrected and purchased for silver. Mm-hmm. Anybody hear the gospel? Yeah. And this we rejected for the sake of rabbits and eggs and ham. Somebody came and ripped from us our heritage. So if you ask a Christian, would you? What would you rather celebrate? The answer is going to be obvious because you know you heard of bed in a bag. This is gospel in a bag right, right here. Absolutely. But not only that, that piece of bread, that piece of bread that was that was one in three striped, pierced, wrapped, broken, wrapped, and buried, and resurrected and paid silver for, has a name. It's not Dave or Billy. It has a name, and it's called Afikomen. And the Afikomen means I came. There you go. <laughs> so I came, and when they resurrect that bread and they pay silver for it, it's this piece of bread that Jesus held up in his hands, and he said, this bread is my body. So this becomes the bread of what we call communion. And there's four glasses of wine at the Passover meal. And the third glass is what you pick up and eat with, the, with this afiko men. And that third cup you pick up, each one of those has a name. And that third cup is called the cup of redemption. So the cup of redemption with the bread that was three in one, striped, pierced, broken, wrapped, buried, raised, paid silver for, that becomes our communion. So everything about Passover is about Jesus. Nothing about Easter is about Jesus. And then what did Jesus say after they had celebrated Passover? He said, next year in Jerusalem? Yeah. No. Was it, or, was it something else you were thinking? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about I'll not do this again until oh, yeah. I'm with you in heaven. That's right. We'll not celebrate this again until we're in heaven. That means you're celebrating Passover in heaven. 
Right. And if it, absolutely, and when people hear that, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. No, no, no. You want to no, jump no. in there? No, no, no. I um, the only thing I would say here, and, and this was this was part of what led me as a nine year old onto the journey that I'm still on. Because every Christian will tell you that their desire is to be more Christ-like. Yeah. And then you need to ask them, and what did Christ look like? Yeah. Because Christ did not look like your typical, everyday Sunday churchgoer today. I, I told a pastor once, he was, we were having a... Discussion. Uh, discussion. Discussion. That's, that is the problem. We were having a discussion. And I told him, I said, you know what your problem is? Your problem is that if Jesus Christ walked into the back of this church today, you would want him to cut his hair, shave his beard, put on some decent clothes, put on some real shoes, and get <laughs> baptized in his name to redeem him from his religion. Mm-hmm. There's the problem. Yeah. Um, we, we have created what we believe Christ wanted instead of what Christ actually did. He left us an example. We should still be following that example. The Bible says, and he was Jewish. (laughs) The Bible says, this same Jesus that went up is coming back. Absolutely. And what did he do? Right before he left, he reached out his hands, parted his fingers like this, and he recited the priestly blessing. Uh, That's the only time in the Bible you see where the Bible says Jesus lifted his hands and he blessed the. the disciples, and he was, he prayed out the ironic blessing over them with his hands like this. Well, you know that is what the, is that prosper and whatever. Yeah, the, the, actually, this this sign here, you know this, you know the Vulcan salute. Yeah, the Vulcan salute. <laughs> live long and prosper. Do you know the story about yeah, that? Yeah, I do. do indeed. Leonard Nimoy was a, a Jewish person, a Jewish man, and he um, they wanted they wanted the character of Spock to have some type of greeting in the show, mm-hmm. right? And so they wanted him to actually bow, kind of a kneeling bow. And he said, "I, I don't want to do that. I'm Jewish. I bow before I'm Jew- no man." Right. He said, I, I, how about this? And he held, he held up this, this sign. And, uh, and they said, okay, cool. But what they didn't know is this is the way that the, the Kohanim, the priest, would hold their hand. The Bible tells them to hold their hand this way. And they, the Bible says that you should put my name upon the people. And then he tells them how to hold their fingers. And this, is, this here is the, is the letter Sheen. Uh, and uh, is for the word Shaddai, which is almighty. And uh, it's interesting that the letter Shin is one letter in one, two, three three mm-hmm. different uh, parts but at any rate um and so he said I'll, I'll do that and he tells a story he says he says whenever i was in synagogue the priest would come up on the stage at the end of the service they put their talits over their head and then the, everybody he said my dad would say hide your eyes you're not supposed to look when this happens because something could take place and he said i couldn't help it as a little boy i would peek and he said i looked up and i saw all these men with their hands like this shouting in hebrew they're praying the ironic blessing and so he, that's where he got the uh, the Vulcan uh, the Vulcan salute my, from. That's pretty cool. I love that. My this greatest story. privilege every uh, week is getting to pronounce the ironic blessing over the men that I minister with. It is um, knowing that that directly ties what I'm doing to Messiah, to what he established, all the way back to walking in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, there, that is a powerful connection. Absolutely, from, from the very. The very roots when the law was given all the way to the modern day. All right. Another question before we go to break. Uh, this is from Logan. Logan says, hey, I heard someone say that we should open up uh-huh. open up a conversation with lost people with God bless you as a way to start talking about the Lord. How do you feel about that? Also, what would be the best way to reach out to the lost, in your opinion? I know there can be lots of different ways, but I was wondering, what ways have you found that work best for you? Okay, I'll let 
I'm going I'm to look. There's a verse of scripture I'm going to look up about the about the God bless you part here. Okay, and I'll deal like with it. the second half of that first. Yeah. How's that? Um, here is the number one way to reach people who are lost: live your life as holy as God called you to. Uh, if you live your life in accordance with the Word of God, you will stand out. Period. Plain and simple. And. Um, when God blesses you, when the same things uh, don't fall on your life that fall on those around you, or when they do come into your life and you handle them with the grace and poise that uh, the belief in the one uh, true and living God affords you to face those things, um, it, it calls attention. I don't normally have to go hunt people down to try to witness to them. They look at my life and go, hey, why are you different? And then I go, well, let me tell you why I'm different. I'm different because I serve a great big God, and even if I face the absolute worst in this world, I know who's got my back. Uh, and, and even if, you know, as the as the the three Hebrew children said, I serve a God who can save me, who will save me. But even if He doesn't, I still know who I serve. Hmm. He's still the God of the universe. Uh, and but living your life. It is the absolute you can go hunt down strangers on the street and they may pay attention to you for a second but in reality most of them are headed someplace you got something going on and they're going to nod and be nice to you until you're out of sight and then they're right on with their life your best mission field is the people in your immediate circle of friends that you have relationships with dun 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 yeah, I'm going to jump in here with the first thing about opening up a conversation with God bless you and I think that's uh, that people do that to make people kind of take notice or get their attention but uh, I've always been opposed to doing that um, because here in Second um, in John, in verse number 10, it says, If there come any to you and bring not this doctrine. In other words, there's, if you have someone coming to you and they're not, not a believer, they don't follow the word. Uh, it says, um, And do not bring this doctrine. Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Wow. Right. So when you speak, when you invoke the blessing of God over somebody to whom it does not belong, first of all, it tells us not to do it. But beyond that, it says you become a partaker of that person's evil deeds. I don't quite understand how that works, but somehow the power of your words will attach yourself to somebody. So you can't invoke the blessing of God upon someone to whom the blessing of God cannot be applied. And if someone is not a follower of the Lord, they are not entitled to the blessings of the Lord until they get in covenant with God. So I would say no. Don't start a conversation that way. You can start a conversation with, hey, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. I mean, you can start off with some other way as opposed to saying, God um, God bless you. Or if you find out that you see a you see you got a hearing aid on them or you see they have a, a you know arm in a sling, say, hey, listen, can I pray for you? I see yeah. you got a, your arms are Can I pray for you? Pray. Do you feel any better? The Lord healed you? Let me tell you what it's all about. I mean, you can go that way, but as far as opening up with God bless you, I would stay away from uh, doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's take our final break, and we'll come back. Got another question here. This one dealing uh, with a follow-up from a question asked last week. So we'll okay. get to okay. that. And it's going to be about uh, the Palestinian Authority, a little bit of current uh, news that has biblical significance okay all right learned the little known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis from david lucas you hear david every uh saturday here on 101 one the answer 
at 10 o'clock and again at 3 o'clock. Uh, and this free analysis is going to reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, your 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. And to get that free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers now at 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. 501-653-6690. Let me give you that number one more time. 501-653-6690. Call right now. All right, so this relates to a question that was asked last week. I think, to, as you mentioned, Billy, when we were talking, a gentleman had asked about the Golan Heights, and you explained it to, to him, I thought, pretty well, uh, Scott, about what the Golan Heights was and its significance in topography and, and all the rest. So uh, this gentleman says that the president does suggest, and I think you brought this up, giving away more land to the PA or the Palestinian Authority. What exactly do you think will happen to the U.S.? Should we protect our investments, our country, or what? Should we expect a natural disaster? And I'll turn it over to you. Well, the scripture tells us that um, that those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse Israel will be cursed. Um, the word curse, I think, um, is not necessarily um, fully understood, but the word curse actually means to diminish or to make little of. And um, if you're going to do anything that's going to diminish from the divinely granted territory that God promised, you are inviting cursing upon your life. The scripture tells us in the book of Joel, he says, I will gather all the nations together in the valley of judgment who divide who scatter my people and who divide my land i think the pronoun there is important we might see it as the land of israel but god really calls it my land mm-hmm. and it's, it's his it's his and he determined who he would allow to be the tenant on that land uh, and i think one thing that we have to we cannot forget and that is this that jesus shed blood for covenant not once but twice in his life we all know he shed blood on the cross as the new covenant for our salvation and redemption. But what few people remember is he also shed blood on the eighth day of his life. When he was circumcised, mm-hmm. the same blood that saved your soul ratified a covenant that God had made to Abraham in the very beginning saying, this is the sign of the covenant that I've made with you and your seed after you. This land is yours for an everlasting possession. And the seal of that promise is the circumcision of the foreskin. So on his eighth day of life, the blood of God was shed to ratify that covenant. On the last day of his life, the blood of God was ratified, a new covenant. At the end of the day, Jesus has ratified both covenants, old and new. And to transgress that land covenant is to transgress the blood of Jesus. We as believers do not need to go there. No good will come from that. What that looks like, I don't think any of us know. Yeah, I. here's what I do know. Blessing will be blessed. Cursing will be cursed. And trying to give away any of, again, God's land to anyone who is not representing God um, is a curse. Mm. Uh, and, and we can expect... Um, we can expect to be divided. Now, whether that's going to be, you know, I've heard theories of uh, the, the country's going to rip itself right in half, right up the, the Mississippi River. I, I can't tell you that. That's not that's not prophesied in, in the Bible. 
a division. Uh, I don't know whether that's political. I don't know whether that's physical. I don't know. Th- that can take a lot of forms. But here's what I know. If you curse the people of God, you are going to be cursed. Now, as for what we do, I'm speaking in a public place, so I have to be a little careful here. Um, for starters, I never advocate violence. Um, I just don't do it. And, and there was a question about protecting our country, and a lot of times that is code for uh, do I make sure all my guns are loaded? Um, I, I never advocate violence. Um, as for protecting our country, um, the best thing you can do for protecting our country is making sure that we're voting in the right people yep. and that we're supporting the right things and that we're supporting you – know, I, I personally support – the nation of Israel through some giving and, and supporting some groups that are over there doing good work, be involved in that. Um, if the country is not going to um, bless Israel, personally find a way yeah. to, to bless Israel. Um, accept that blessing on yourself by going away. Don't don't wait for somebody else to do something on your behalf. Yeah. You know, um, whenever, um, I forget the exact year, I was living in North Carolina, uh, and uh, Barack Obama had suggested that Israel or that Israel would go back to the 1967 borders, which would have split Jerusalem in half. He made that suggestion. I don't know if it was at the UN um, or where he was at, but he made that uh, statement. And I believe it was the next day, maybe two days later, I was sitting in my office in um, in Raleigh or Wake Forest, and um, and all of a sudden I heard a um, a semi truck in my driveway, and it was sitting really close to my driveway because my whole my whole uh, office was uh, shaking. And I thought, what in the world are they doing in my driveway? So I got up to go outside. And when I tried to walk outside, I'm stumbling across the room like I'm a drunk man. And I was like, what is this? I get outside. There's no truck there. There's an earthquake. Earthquake going on. And apparently what happened all the way down the East Coast, an earthquake happened. And what they found out was the epicenter of this earthquake was right in the middle of Washington, D.C. It cracked the Washington Monument. And they never knew there was an earthquake, the fault line there. Fault line. This happened right after he said, let's split Jerusalem in half. I think it was a day or two days later, and a fault line appeared in the middle of our own capital, and it split the Washington Monument, and the earthquake was felt all the way down the East Coast. I don't put it past another Katrina. I don't put it past an earthquake that splits this thing up. But what you do not want to do – but listen, I believe this. We are Goshen. Just like when, when, when plagues hit Egypt, the people of God, Goshen was, was untouched. And so I believe that no matter what happens, as believers, if we're if we are under the shadow of the Almighty, we're staying in the cleft of the rock. We're going to be okay regardless of what happens, because our nation might not bless Israel, but we are going to be blessing right. Israel. And right. that's why it's important, people, to be in a church that blesses Israel. Absolutely, because if you're not in a church that blesses Israel, you're in the wrong place. And of okay, <laughs> and we got through all of our questions. Are you serious? We went through all seven of yeah. them. Yeah, oh, excellent. Good job. We guys. are getting good. It's because Steve's not here. You're getting back. Yeah, he doesn't know how to <laughs> how to concisely answer anything. All right. So, is Steve going to be back with us next week? Maybe? Nope. We're, He's we're still we're, on late, but late night. Will, but the following week, I think right. he is back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. next week we'll spend time talking about Passover. Yep. Because uh, Passover would be that Friday, and then of course. The holiest of holy days comes up uh, a week from Sunday. First fruits. Yeah. He's raised from the dead. Yes. We've got to talk about that for sure. Guys, thanks for coming. Thank you, Dave. And next week, I think we'll be in the studio, too. Uh, I miss the studio. I think we can say that. We'll be back in the studio. Yeah, you'll get to see Russ again, too, (laughs) as well. All right. But that all said, well, we love you, brother. Come on. (laughs) We'll be back uh, here tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock. Hopefully... 
chronicle what happened on the last day of the legislative session. Until then, you have a great one, and I'll talk to you on the morrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.